This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Welcome to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I am your host, Derek, and it is time for another edition of the The Monthly Monthly Comics Cast. Cast. And this will be the Comics Cast for June 2020. And that means, of course, that I have with me two very special guests, uh, the Cosmic Comic Guru, Dario. Hey, guys. And the world's greatest sidekick, Paul. What's up, guys? What? Hello. You're right over there? (laughs) Yeah, I'm all right. (laughs) I'm good. Squirrel just ran across the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I think the squirrel just ran across your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk comic books. I think books. you need to get a damn haircut. <laughs> Hippie. Please. <laughs> so, um. I think you're safe down in Lumber stuff. You don't scare me. <laughs> So we, uh, even though things are still a little funky in the world of comics, we do have a couple of books uh, to review. So, uh, Paul, why don't you go first? Oh, that's right. You don't have anything. Okay. Yeah, that that little shop there, Aquaman fan. Yes, slacking. I read an article online that Paul doesn't even read comics anymore. (laughs) It was on. I was. It was on. uh, Bleeding cool news. <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman fan. I'm sorry. Who's the one who had an Aquaman toy in their subscription box? Paul. That would be. I don't you. know what you're talking about. I believe that. And uh, didn't didn't you uh, didn't you have a nice Aquaman poster at one point? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of the Seven Seas. <laughs> King of the tuna. <laughs> it's all right. When he calls Cthulhu, we'll see who's laughing. Oh, geez. <laughs> all right. Since Paul has nothing to contribute, um, Dario, would you like to go first with your reviews? Oh, I, I don't read comics anymore. Either. <laughs> no. I have two books. You just work at a comic book store. I, I only have two books this week, and, and my goal to expand outside of the DC Universe has been for not because these are both DC books. (laughs) (laughs) So I have uh, first book I read is Shazam issue 12. This is a fill-in book. This is outside of what the main storyline that's been going on. Um, There's been a lot of delays over the course of the life of this Mm. run of Shazam Mm -hmm. um, where it would go months without a new issue. 
Really? And I feel like this is a COVID book. I think this is a story that maybe they were sitting on for a little while and they were like, we need to release something. Ah. Um, because it's really just a one shot. And there's a certain, there's a certain uh, like happiness I get from reading books like this because it doesn't tie in heavily to whatever the mainstream storyline is. You can just read it and enjoy it. Because mm. very few times that comics will even do this anymore. Because everything's always going to be a a two to five, you know, two to six part storyline. Right. So, so they can put it into good. trade paperbacks. And then also, this is where they can also try out new new artists and stuff like that, and new writers. So this issue of Shazam, which is issue twelve, is written by guest writer Jeff Loveness. Oh, they even have a guest writer. And it's drawn by guest. Yep. Drum, well, this, this, he's a special guest writer, <laughs> and it's done by a special guest artist, Brandon Brandon Peterson, and nobody yeah. else is special. Everybody else is just regular people. <laughs> Colors is, oh, man, what kind of name is that? Um, Colors is done by Mike Antieth, which is spelled A-T-I-Y-E-H. Mm. Letters, are, letters, are, letters are by Rob Lee. The cover is done by Brandon Peterson, who's the same artist who did the interior. And um, that's basically the stuff for the editors. Mm. Hey, why don't you put on your bifocal, though, man? Uh, they're, they're in my other bag. But yeah, I do need them. And I am an old man. <laughs> <laughs> so the story opens up with uh, Billy and Freddy running away from a crocodile man because it's within, it's within uh, Shazam or Captain Marvel lore that he often fights like animal people, just mm. like he's got Taki Tiner, like Taki Tiger in his group. His crocodiles and like that, that kind of like are criminals. Mm-hmm. So he's fighting that crocodile man, and Freddy just makes a passing comment that all of Shazam's villains are lame. He's got no, he's got nobody, <laughs> nobody that is iconic. And Billy's like, "What are you talking about? They definitely have iconic villains. They got Black Adam, they got Doctor Saniva, and then that's it." <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's like, "Yeah, that's basically it." He's like, like, I got this crocodile guy in a suit. And he's like, yeah, you have this crocodile guy in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> so in an effort, in an effort to, to prove that, you know, he's not, he's not, you know, being lame because he's got only these people that there's a fight. He flies off to Gotham to go and patrol Gotham City because they apparently have, you know, the cool villains. And well, he's sure, talking to Freddie, sure. and Freddie's like, "What, what the heck?" You, Freddie's like, "What the heck are you gonna do? Are you just gonna like fly around, look for, look for, look for a crime to fight?" And, and uh, Billy's like, "Oh, you know how Gotham has these giant blimps that float around all the time? If you've ever watched the animated series, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. it kind of yeah. became iconic that these blimps are always flying around, right?" So Billy's like, "I'm just gonna hang out near this blimp until I hear what's going on." <laughs> <laughs> so lo and behold, there's a problem at a factory. He goes in. It's supposed to be Scarecrow. He thinks it's going to be no big deal, and Scarecrow with his with his fear gas like unleashes it on him. Billy's not prepared for it, mm. uh, which of course leads to Batman showing up and helping him. Uh, all in all, it's a quick fight. Uh, Batman and Billy end up teaming up pretty quickly, and the near the end of the book, Billy's Billy's like, "Is, is this a team up? Is this an official team up?" And Batman's like, "No, it's not a team up." <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually, from if it was Bat Batman, it would just be no. And then, uh, and then at the very end, um, Batman turns to Billy and says, "You know what, Billy? He was all those times where Superman and me teamed up." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "It wasn't a team up. Superman <laughs> was just hanging out with me." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And Billy's like, this is a team up. And then he just flies off. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good one-off book. Yeah, it sounds it. It's one of the, one of the types of things I could just suggest to somebody who wants to try to look out and not worry about getting caught up in anything. So it was like a brave and a bold issue. Very, yeah, kind very of. Much so. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and the art was really good. I mean, the story was kind of simple, but the art was really good. Mm. So, so if I was going to rate that, I'd only rate it four. Four gems. Four gems. All right. Yeah. Which uh, which we all know is good, but not amazing. Right. Playing it safe. It's just above yeah, average. Were we going to talk about the rating system again? Or are we just- uh, no, I am going to, you will have heard, um, a little behind the little making of the sausage behind the scenes here. Um, you will have heard the, uh, ratings description that I have specially recorded for our ratings at, at the beginning of this section. Um, so that will have explained everything. Cool. Sorry, I blew that. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. It's fun. As you already heard, <laughs> Dario. <laughs> um. Anyway, so four gems, so sli- slightly above average, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good enough for me to recommend to people. Uh, the art was good. The story was good. Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like a fun little fill-in issue. Yeah. Like I said, you don't you don't get those very very often these days, and it's a good mm. excuse to fly out your town right. without dropping it into like a you know a, a ten dollar you know giant sized book that's just all new talent. Because right. people don't spend that kind of money. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What else you got? The, the, the next book on my list is Deceased Unkillables Issue Three. Oh, right, right. So this is uh, number three in a three-issue miniseries that was started a few months before COVID hit, and there was a bit of a delay before before we got this issue. Um, this is an extension to the deceased series I talked about um, earlier in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Whereas this doesn't focus on on the heroes; it focuses on the villains. Right. I'm pretty sure I probably talked about issues one or two at some point in here. I'm pretty um, sure, yeah. Pretty so, sure you did. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this. The creative team on here, if I can find where they parked it in this book, it's not in the second <laughs> page. It must be the back. Probably at the end. Why can't they just put it on the front? That's so it's written by Tom Taylor. It's penciled by Carl Mozzarella. Mozzarella? M-O-S-T-E-R-T. Mozzarella. Inked by Trevor Scott. Is that how you pronounce it? Mozzarella? No, I don't know. I think so. I, I have no That's clue. Okay. There's no A in there. Zero A is in there. So, um, inked by Trevor Scott and Neil Edwards and Mozzarella. And it's colored by Rex Locus. Hmm. Uh, the letterer is Saeed Tamafonte. And the cover is done by Howard Porter. So, oh, cool. The heroes, the heroes in this book are Solomon Grundy, the Creeper, Bane, mm. Cheetah, Deadshot, uh, Deathstroke, and um, that's it for the villainy kind of side of it. Uh, and then there's Red Hood and Rose, who is the daughter of Deathstroke, and Commissioner Gordon, an orphan. 
or Batgirl. So they're all, they all team up. You mean oh. over Orphan? Isn't that the Black Bat? The Black Bat? Like Black Black Bat? Is that uh, no, I think she's. I think Orphan is now Orphan. Yeah, uh, she was that's Batgirl the one at one that, point. That's the one that she barely talks, right? Yeah. So yeah. if she changed her name again, I don't know about it because I haven't read Batman. I haven't read Batman in like about six months. What? What? <laughs> so anyway, it focuses on these characters and how they decided to, to hold up during this zombie plague, uh, the, the anti-life zombie plague, and they they're trying to protect these kids that are in this they're in this orphanage and in a, in a town that's falling apart. So it's very much Walking Dead. Um, the vil- on, there are villains out there that have that have figured out where they are and they have to deal with Mirror Master a lot in this episode. Mirror Master once. Because Mirror Master was on their side, but then he got turned into a zombie. And then when that happens, it gets really bad because he's pulling people. He's like reaching through windows as they walk past and pulling people out. They're trying to get away, and they're driving a bus down the highway. And the the, the rearview mirror is right in front of the driver. He just kind of like reaches through that, grabs the driver, and pulls him out. (laughs) So so they're spending a a lot of time trying to deal with him. And then, since this is happening it, during the same time as the main deceased storyline that happened that they had already chronicled, mm-hmm. uh, at this point, um, Wonder Woman gets infected, and she. The, and since most of the the anti life people kind of can somehow mentally communicate with each other, um, they knew that there were survivors there, and so she just shows up, and there's this really huge fight. They all think that they're they're all you know basically Cheetah, who is a Wonder Woman villain anyway. Uh, who has been like a main character in this, and the kids all like mm-hmm. uh, faces off against Wonder Woman. So it's one of those occasions where you want you're, you're rooting for Cheetah mm. instead of Wonder Woman, and that's a pretty epic fight. And then the the shock ending at this is that uh, you find out that one of the young girls that's in this orphanage is Mary Marvel, and she hadn't want she didn't want to transform because she thought that once she transformed, if she got infected, she would be you know she's basically a supergirl level character, right? Right. So, she didn't want to transform, but it came it came down to Wonder Woman had just killed Cheetah, so Mary Marvel turned into Miss Marvel and ended up saving the day. So that's an interesting question. With someone like with someone like the Marvels, do if they get infected, do they uh, do both versions of them get infected? Well, if the, if if Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel was in their superhero form and right. they got and they got infected, they would be infected. They would probably just stay their superhero form. Right. If they became if they were if they were infected as a kid, they they can't talk coherently as a kid. Mm. I mean, they can't talk, talk coherently as a zombie. So if they got infected as a kid, then they couldn't say the magic word, and so they just still be kids. Okay. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. So it's just a matter of saying the magic word, you know. But it is a good thought because you got to wonder. I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, you know uh, Rick Jones and Captain Marvel. Oh, it's people that swap spaces. Right. But right. that'd be an interesting thought I had to deal with it because they could do it either way. There's been creative teams that have talked about how it is a different person and other people that say it's just barely grown up. So mm. it's supposed to be their it's supposed to be their perfect selves, I think, when all the Marvel family has become become their hero form. It's supposed to be their, their ultimate form. Really? Their their all Z form. Huh. Okay. But but as all tragic tragic stories go, we lose a lot of the characters in here, and uh, the majority—not the majority—but a lot of the kids get away, and they all end up going to Poison Ivy's sanctuary, and um, you know, at least having a temporary happy ending. 
Mm. And then they, you know, they do the um, the Red Dawn scene where they put up a, you know, they put up a statue of everybody. Right <laughs> them. Mm-hmm. Those were the heroes of the zombie days. Tra- tragic, very tragic. So, oh, for deceased, I give it a five because I, I liked it as an individual issue. Right? <laughs> wow. Wait. So that's for this issue? Yeah, I basically i i didn't it, I, I thought it stood out amongst all this, a few of the other ones. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I also give I give the entire series overall a five. Hmm. I want to give it a six, but I'm going to go with a five. Cool. Nice. Is, uh, is it just the three issues? Yeah, it's only three issues and he's going to do another one after this. I, I read an article with him saying that he's going to, he's going to touch on this universe, um, a couple times hmm. and just tell, tell stories from different angles. <laughs> I, I like that idea. Cause there's a lot, yeah. there are some cool different angles you can, take with with the dc universe in the original in the original miniseries obviously the the whole pl- the planet doesn't make it um so they have to go if they if they're gonna tell stuff further out they need to go and follow the group to new earth and all that stuff right it's kind of cool it's kind of cool to see it from the from the eyes of the villain too yeah yeah absolutely that was pretty because right. there are some villains in this in the storyline that are just they're villainous like Vandal Savage is like trying to they put these people together specifically because they have a better chance of surviving the infection. But then right. they, they were just like, we're done, Vandal. We're going to go actually help people. <laughs> <laughs> it's I still find it amusing that they put the creeper in in that. I guess he's the creeper with Solomon Grundy. Yeah, but the, cre- the creeper's not really movies. a villain per se, but. Yeah, I agree. I never saw him as a villain. But I guess people people in the DC universe see him as a villain. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Would you call him an anti-hero? Ah, the old anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> I call him an anti-hero. Mm. That's cool. That makes sense. Anti-hero yeah. villain. Uh, yeah. So that's it for my comics. I All right. Review. All right. Cool. So there's there's your review, Dario's review. Thank you very much, Dario. Uh, so that means uh, we shall move on to uh, our next review. So, Paul, what do you got? Oh, that's right. I forgot you're slacking. <laughs> no comics. <laughs> uh, never gets old, buddy. Never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Ah, the jokes. <laughs> All right. So. Hey, do you know the? Do you know what karma means by any chance? Uh, I used to know a girl named Karma. <laughs> <laughs> she was a real bitch. All right. So I have I have two Jumped books. You like stone too, right? Yeah, sure. I have two books to review. Uh, one of which I was kind of surprised because I thought Dario, you would have you would be talking about this one as well. But um, anyway, that'll be my second review. Firstly, I have for review uh, <clears throat> Transformers versus the Terminator. And this is put up. Actually, I don't even know if it's actually versus or just Transformers, the Terminator. I don't don't see a versus here. But anyway, 
Transformers versus it. So I always love, they do a few of these things. We've been doing a few. It's put up by IDW and they've done a few of these things with the Transformers, which is always fun or with actually a lot of their properties. Um, they did Transformers, Ghostbusters. Um, they've all oh, the Hasbro line. Yeah. I don't know if they actually, if it, the Hasbro line is an actual thing anymore, but. Uh, they also did a Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I have, but I haven't read yet, uh, because somebody put them in my box. <laughs> but, uh, I, I will read them. Probably, yeah. I will read them eventually, I just haven't yet. But anyway, so, Transformers vs. the Terminator, um, it was written by David Marriott and John Barber, and the art is by Alex Milne, who I like, he's a good artist. Uh, colors by David Garcia Cruz, letters and design by Jake M. Wood, and, uh, there you go. Um, so basically, I'm not even sure... How many issues this is, but I've only read issue number one so far. Issue number two is out, but I haven't read it yet. So basically, issue number one, it starts off in the future, of course. Uh, the year is 2029. And it starts off with this guy running through the, uh, through Los Angeles, the wreckage of Los Angeles. And he's being chased by what appear to be the Terminator drones the flying drones i don't know if you guys know what i'm talking about um and he he hides behind a car from the drones and it turns out that the car is uh it's a it's it's a a beat up car looks like it's it's been um shot a few times and everything turns out the car is jazz from the transformers hmm. so then Jazz gets blown up, so the guy runs some more to a base where he comes across a T-1000, no, a T-800. What? That's the one that was the Arnold one, right? Yeah, the T-800 is, was the one for the first movie. Yeah, the T-1000 was the liquid the metal one. The original. The 1000 was the one that was like a liquid metal. Right. So he comes across a T-800 exoskeleton who points a gun at him and tells him to identify himself, which he does. And then he gets led into this base with the Terminator, a bunch of Terminators around and stuff. And then this base gets attacked by uh, some more of the what looks like the Terminator drones who then transform into Starscream and Thundercracker and Skywarp. So... Hmm. <clears throat> interesting mm. so it comes it turns out that there's no it doesn't look like there's any actual humans left because even this guy you think is a human is actually a terminator and uh the, the decepticons are trying to wipe out the terminators and skynet so the terminators send this guy who turns out to be another terminator back to 1984 where he meets up with a woman named Sarah Connor, who he doesn't really care about because she has no significance in this sto in this timeline. <laughs> and um, but he needs her to give him directions to Mount St. Helens, which is about to erupt. Ah. And he goes to Mount St. Helens, even though Sarah's Sarah Connor is like, "Why are you going towards the erupting volcano?" 
And he says, I'm not going towards the erupting volcano. I'm going towards the little spaceship at the bottom of the volcano. Well, not little, but the big spaceship at the bottom of the volcano, otherwise known as the Ark. Which, if you remember your Transformers history, the Ark is the ship they flew to Earth. Mm -hmm. So he enters the Ark, and basically the issue ends with him pointing guns at the Decepticons and saying that he's going to destroy them before they can destroy Skynet. And while he's pointing a gun at them, you can see uh, Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave, and a few other Autobot, uh, Decepticons, excuse me. And Megatron is pointing his fusion cannon at the um, unconscious Optimus Prime. So, there you go. And that's the end of the first issue. That's cool. You know, your basic setup issue. It was pretty good. Um, basically, it's it, it kind of runs along the line of the first Terminator movie, but instead it has the Transformers involved. Um, the artwork's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the story. Um... Over so overall, I will give it. I'll give it four, four gemstones, um, because it's a first issue. So you know, mm -hmm. it's all. And it set wasn't up. terrible, right? You like the art? Mm -hmm. It was okay. It was mm -hmm. Set up. Um, I, I definitely want to read more, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. All right, now my next book, and this is the one that I'm surprised you didn't cover, Dario. I don't even know if you end up reading it, but you're the one who uh, brought it to my attention. And that is Strange Adventures, number one. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I haven't read it. I, actually, I read issue one. I just haven't read the newest issue. Oh, my God. He picked up a DC comic. Yes, he did. Because I like Adam Strange. With DC, I like a lot of the um, lower tiered characters and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> So I've always been kind of a fan of, of Adam Strange. So this is just issue one. I've only read issue one so far, issue one of 12, but I did put it on my subscription list. It is written by Tom King. Um, of course, as we said, it's put out by DC Comics, written by Tom King, who, who did, has done such books, uh, as Mr. Miracle, which I believe you really liked, Dario. Yes. Yeah, I liked it. Um, and for Marvel, he did that great um, Vision miniseries. Oh, that, that was such a great book. That was amazing. I loved that book. I'm kind of lukewarm on his Batman stuff, but... I like most of his Batman stuff. Near the, near the end, it got messy, but I yeah. like most yeah. of his stuff. Yeah I, guess, yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it. So anyway, um, it was written by Tom King. Um, art was... Uh, Mitch Gerards with Evan Doc Shaner. Uh, Clayton Cowles did the lettering. And uh, yeah, so this is pretty cool. It starts off with uh, Adam Strange having written a book about his life story called Strange Adventures. And so we get the title. And uh, it's really quickly, it's just different scenes from, you know, 
um, him waiting in line to sign him waiting to sign books and people in line reacting to him. Different scenes from uh, Ran. There's a little racy uh, sex scene in there. Um, it's only one panel. Don't get too excited, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff about him going on interviews. Um, some other war stuff that I don't want to spoil. Um, in a mysterious murder that he, that Adam Strange is being accused of, um, in which he tries to, he attempts to hire Batman to do the detective work because he says, I didn't do it. Batman, you're the greatest detective. You can find out that I didn't do it and, um, get me off the hook. But, But Batman says, I'm not going to do it because... We are too close, and they would accuse me of being compromised. So he gives him another option. When did it take place? Huh? When did when did the murder take place? When? Adam Future, Adam Adam Strange is from the it's, future. It's, it's, it's recent. Early, early, in, early in the book, one of the people in line um, accuses him of being a fraud and. Then he ends up being dead, so people think that he killed this guy. Yeah, I was I was trying not to spoil that, but there you go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, that's not a huge spoil. No, it's not. Spoiler. Yeah, some guy is some guy was accusing him of doing something in in line his book signing line, and the guy ends up being dead by having his his head blown off. <gasps> that's what happened. I didn't say that when you. Hey, that's what happens when you cut people off in Starbucks. I didn't say which head. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and um, and so and so the book ends with um, instead of Batman doing investigating the murder, Batman gets uh somebody else to investigate the murder, and I'm not going to spoil it and say who it is, but it was an interesting choice. So that was the end of issue one. Um, can we guess? Well, you can guess, but if I say if you're right or wrong, then it'll spoil it. But well, Dario, you Dario, can nod. Hmm? You can nod because we can. The two of us can see you. Oh, that's a good point. All right, go ahead and guess. Elongated man. Oh, good old Ralph Digby. Creeper. <laughs> Nightwing. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> last guess. Catwoman. One of those could be right. One of those could Possibly. be right or not. None of them, or none of them are right. Oh, so you're just going to be a dick. We can tell you off the air. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. Um, however, I can show you guys. Let's see if you can see. I don't know if you can see the last panel there. No, it's fuzzy. You're you fuzzy. still recognize that. It's fuzzy. I can't see it. Half the pictures, half the pictures, <laughs> cut in half. half. Uh, uh, it's, fu- it's, it's fuzzy because it's the creeper's arm. Yeah, it's the creeper's arm. Yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll just have to buy the issue. Whatever. Yes, you will. I whatever. Think, I think you should buy the issue, Paul. Wait, because it's Willis Lane. I think you should buy the issue, Paul. I think that would be a terrific idea. So this book, um, I really enjoyed it. I think it's going to be another one of those um, Tom King really awesome, crazy books where where he really 
dives into the character. I still got to read that Mr. Miracle one. I still want to read that. Yeah, that's um, good. So, so it, it's definitely, it seems like it's going to be another one of those. Again, I love Adam Strange. He's one of those lower tier characters that's always fun. Um, and the artwork is really good. I love the artwork. Um, I, re- I even really love the coloring in the book. Um, so overall, I am going to give it, uh, I'm going to go six, six gems, six infinity oh, stones. Very good. I thoroughly. So how, how did you feel about the fact that the uh, the two artists did each of their jobs differently? Like all the art that's on Rand is done by Doc Shatner, and it's a very different feel than mm-hmm. what's happening on Earth. I liked that because it was um, the separation of ones on Earth, ones on Rand. So I thought that that really fit well with yeah, what they were the trying stuff to on do. Rand's- really clean and feels very much like a space space like adventure yes and then the earth stuff is yeah it's, it's and, yeah it's grittier and yeah. yeah so yeah i really enjoyed that and i think this is gonna so this is gonna be a 12 issue maxi series as they say and i think it's gonna be really good i'm looking forward to reading this one i'm glad i'm glad yeah. i'm glad you showed it to me and i'm glad i put it on my sub list dario that's good did you do you know the name of the book that Adam Strange first appeared in? Oh, I do not. You do Mystery know. Strange Space? You do know, but you just don't know. It's Strange Adventures. I was going to say Strange Adventures. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Makes sense now. I don't know what issue, though. Yeah, I don't know the number either. It was called Strange Adventures for a long time, and then they introduced him, and then they called it Adam Strange Adventures. <laughs> of course, yeah. But Adam, the word, the word Adam was very small. It was mm. still like very big. Strange adventures. So it's like Adam. Ask, strange adventures. Something. Huh? Um, you know the cosmic uh, the Justice League cosmic or Odyssey or whatever you call it. Yeah, Odyssey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they should like reconstruct that whole team. You well, I'm saying? reading it, so I don't know if it's any good or not. <laughs> I read like the first few issues, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> so I haven't read it in a long time. I haven't read it in months, but. <laughs> I agree with you that, yeah, they should redo it. I mean, I'm just saying he would fit in good if the Justice League is going to have like a outer space. Oh, totally. Going, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. Totally. I agree. Him, maybe Hawkman or Hawkgirl. Lobo. <laughs> <Or> Lobo. <laughs> yeah. Lobo will be like the Wolverine of the group. Ugh. The main man. Or even they, that way they can introduce like Captain Comet. No, no, you're done. We're shutting you down right now. <laughs> Listen, you. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, if they're gonna do that, they have to have a green. They have to have a Green Lantern, and and um, all the good Green Lanterns are taken, so they'd have to have Nort. <laughs> Either Lord or Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah, or both. <laughs> right. All right. Guy Gardner would have to walk north. <clears throat> so that's going to do it for our reviews. Um, so let's uh, let's let's talk a little about some stuff because we haven't t- chatted in a while. So Dario, I believe you had a thing or two you wish to bring up. Yeah. So. What, during the shutdown, I decided to revisit um, a book that I'm not ready to talk about in depth yet, but I'm going to talk about it at some point. 
I, I picked up the omnibus. I don't know if it's really called an omnibus. It's the complete story of the life and times of Martha Washington in the 21st century. Mm. It's by Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. Mm-hmm. Now, when this came out in the 80s, 90s, I think this came out in the 90s, it was, it was Give Me Liberty, a four-issue miniseries. And they've since done sequels to it, one-shots, and eventually, you know, wrapped up the character his life with the death of Martha, Martha Washington mm-hmm. and I never read those so this is the entire huge thing all together in one wow. and it's it's. I, when I was remembering it I thought it was written by Alan Moore but instead it's written by Frank Miller and I was uh, I'll be honest with you I was a little more excited to read an Alan Moore story than I was a Frank Miller story sure sure I get that uh, but this is good I mean Frank, Frank, Miller's, Frank Miller's a good writer and this is it feels like he's trying to channel Alan Moore in this, <laughs> um, but it's good, and it's a lot, there's a lot of allegory about about the United States and capitalism and racism and everything. Like everything that's the world is talking about now is is basically covered in this. Hmm. It's, it's very. That's really interesting. Every other, yeah, every other ism he can throw into it. Yeah, he's, I mean, you're not wrong. Um, but it's it's something that was talked about then. It's something that's talked about now. And I just figured I'd give it a give it a read, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's all it's all still very relevant, although a little dated in some parts because they focus on Reagan era stuff a lot. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got that, and I was reading that. Like I read the first, the, and the first issue is pretty meaty. Like each issue is mm. thick, so it's going to take me a while to get through. I look forward to hearing uh, more about that in the future. Yeah. The other thing I did is uh, a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, when we were all talking online one time, I took a moment and I ordered, I went to um, Jack Kirby's care package site, Mm. and I'm a huge Jack Kirby fan, and his grandson, I believe his name is Jeremy, is in charge of kind of his estate, I think, and he's got the rights from D.C. to do... Um, limited run prints and other memorabilia from his gran- grandfather's estate. Oh, cool. So he did he did one a while back, and one of the things that he was saying was, you buy this package, you'll get a print, you'll get some stickers, and then he'll throw in a random piece of memorabilia from his grandfather's collection. Could be a comic, could be a book, could be anything, but he didn't really know what it was, right? So I kind of missed out on that because he was... He was I kind of wish I had done that one because he was... Uh, uh, he was putting in like pulp magazines mm. and novels that was in Kirby's personal collection. Oh wow! And I kind of would, I kind of really would love to have had like a pulp magazine, yeah. right? That was in his collection. So I guess that was successful enough that he decided to do another one. So he did care package number two. Awesome. There's, there's two levels: there's a basic level and a special edition level. I did the special edition level, and it comes in this very cool. I know the, the, the listeners can't see it, but it comes in this very cool like Kirby. Kirby-esque explosion. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Package. The Kirby crackle. Mm-hmm. Kirby crackle going on. Right? It's not the best constructed cardboard, but it's still neat. The fact that he made the effort to do that. Now, I I don't know. I wonder, is and that... Where did they get that Kirby crackle from? Is that... Like, did they take it off of old artwork, or is it something... Yeah, this must be, this must hard, be something that's been in, in one of his books. It's this hard to tell, like yeah. It, this looks like it would have probably been in either New Gods or mm. I don't know if he has the rights to do any DC stuff. I mean, DC Marvel stuff. Right. But this could very easily be a background on Silver Surfer. Mm. That's pretty cool. 
But first thing you do when you open it up is you see yeah. you get these stickers, Jack Kirby stickers, which are neat. Like, <laughs> nothing too thrilling. And then you get a letter. It says, uh, the new Jack Kirby Care Package Care Package Special Edition number two. Thank you for ordering the second of my Jack Kirby Care Packages. Included in this package are three wonderful prints featuring some of Jack's most popular DC comic creations. First up is a Forever People pinup, which I'll show you in a minute. It's beautiful. Mm. Next is a presentation piece featuring Darkseid and beautiful Dreamer. The art was created in 1970, and this print was made from the original inventory copy that Jack, when, that, when Jack went to DC. Lastly is is an amazing Mr. Miracle cover cover that I know you love. It's a nice print of a Mr. Miracle cover. It's in black and white. And as always, I tried to include an extra item as a thank you. For those of you who purchased a special edition package, included is an actual photo art of the complete Sky Masters of the Space Force, which is this right here. So it's a strip of Sky Masters. Okay. So this is the artwork that was used in the book and on storyboard and on storyboard thick backing. I signed the back of the, each panel and noted that it's part of, Cur- of Jack Kirby's personal collection. This is not original artwork, but was owned by Jack and is the artwork used to produce the book. So while this isn't the original art, this is what they used when they sent it to the printer. Right. Lastly is a huge double-page spread of art originally meant for Spirit World number two, which, oh, you know what? I wonder if that's even in here. I wonder if I missed that. Let's see if we can find it. And they signs it, right? So the item of memorabilia that he sent was... Um, Huh. Captain Victory, which is not the greatest run. Actually, you know what? There's an image oh, on the box right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a, it's a, it's like a, a rough black and white. Oh wow! So I, I feel like, I feel like this is just like uh, one of the, the preview ones that they made. I gotta, I gotta tell Before you. Before I went to a printer to be that. Looking at that, I, I kind of like seeing Jack Kirby's art in black and white. Yeah. There's. I mean, I've. I've got a lot of his stuff that was done in black and white and it's really nice mm. um so that was that was part of it and then the print is really big uh, i'm not gonna they use like a gray wash on that when they did the shading and stuff is that how yeah, they I like that the, it's, like, it's like when the, when dc did the uh, the dual tone the dual tone uh, new god stuff so this is one of the new gods pieces it's oh, a color piece nice. it looks like it's most of the forever people mm. you mean the forever people yeah Sorry, I said. Didn't I say forever people? You said new gods. I yeah, did say new gods. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, this is the beautiful dreamer. Very good. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Wow. I'm a big fan of this one. Yeah. Oh, it's a miracle. Yep. And then, and I'm not gonna open up this one, but the 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 spirit world print is inside here, and it's mm. it's substantial. It's a it's a big it's a big probably eleven by seventeen easy. Mm. Actually, no, this is 1117, so it's bigger than you that. On, you can put it on your back wall right behind you. Yeah, I was going to want to get a frame and put it up next to my next to my sign, Kirby. So these are signed by by his grandson, but I I have a, and you guys already know this, I'm just saying it for the podcast, but I have a, a original original print of Jack Kirby, that Jack Kirby did of, uh, of uh, Captain America in the mid-80s before he passed away, and it's got his original original signature on it. It's one of my prized possessions. Mm. So when I got that in the mail, I was pretty happy. And my neighbor, my neighbor, my, my mailman was nice enough to leave it <laughs> right by the trash. Oh, wow. Did it come in an, mail? Did it come in an outer box? No, it came just like this. this oh, wow. Okay. 
So, right. but it was, it was it was packed up very nice. But That's it, it cool. could have yeah. been it could have been inside of another shell. He just advertised the third one, and I, I'm not a huge fan of the big of the. There's a, a reproduction of a collage piece that Kirby did mm. that I just I don't love it. Um, it's supposed to be from the New Gods again. I said New Gods. It's supposed to be from the Forever People also. Mm. Um, but he's it's a, it's very busy, and I looked at it and I'm like I don't think mm. I want that. So what a ballpark figure. What did those things go for? That was a hundred bucks. That one I bought for the whole package. Uh, That's not bad. That whole thing was a. Hundred bucks. Uh, they usually go for a little bit more than that, or they can go for a lot more depending on if it's because I think he's got three levels. He's got a regular edition, mm. which is about I think fifty to seventy bucks. A special edition. This was normally over a hundred dollars, but it was on sale. Mm. And then he's mm. got I think a, 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 I think he may have like another a, 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 a one above that. By so two hundred dollar one. Is is yeah. the difference just what they put inside it, or yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of everyone that everyone has more money comes with something else. Right. Extra. Mm. So. Probably the two hundred probably the two hundred one, they probably put it in like an original piece. Like you know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's not, any that's gonna have original art in it. But but there could well, be Well I'm not saying I'm not saying like 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 oh, a cover yeah. last, but maybe something that he didn't use. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They could always put that in there because any original art from Kirby nowadays would be would be a prize collection. Yeah, no kidding. Piece. Well, there's a guy, there's a guy in Holden. I think it's Holden um, that runs Superworld. Uh, if you've ever heard of it, it's a pretty cool place. It's not a store. You need to go in by appointment. Yeah, I've heard of Holden, um, but he has a bunch of original art. I sold some stuff, the original art that I had to him, but he had a Kirby. And I would I would go there and be like ah, I'm just here to see the Kirby and he'd be like oh, it's right over there <laughs> go take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah so that's 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 what I've been do- doing like over the past few weeks instead of reading my my packs of my my piles of other comics mm. I've been spending money on comic memorabilia <laughs> hey nothing wrong with that all right so is that everything you got Dario you wanted to yeah that's up- everything I got. Okay, then uh, let us move on, I suppose. So, wait, before we move on to one more thing, uh, there's a piece of news that I was remembering when we were talking about the reviews. Uh Uh, We were were wondering about what happened. We were like, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. (laughs) Yeah. Except for Michael Keaton possibly coming back for the the DC Universe. Oh, yeah. That happened. That's right. What happened? Michael Keaton is uh, in talks to make... Appearances as Bruce Wayne in the DC the DC Cinematic Universe. All right, in the in the Flash movie. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be to be in the Flash movie, and there's talks to have him as a connecting element, like Nick Fury was in the Marvel Universe. Right, that'd be cool. Okay. And they're going to focus from what I read. They're going to focus on what they've done in the CW, where mm-hmm. they're just going to acknowledge a multiverse. Right, and it's funny because I read articles that are like. Here's proof that the CW Flash is officially part of the, the cinematic DC universe, and I'm like, I don't need proof. No, because I, no, it's already he's it's already they already had the the movie Flash in the in the Flash TV show. That was right. the the only really disappointing part of the whole crisis on the Infinite Infinite Earths crossover was seeing the Ezra Miller Flash. I was like, ugh, I really don't like him. I don't like him either, but I laughed and I thought it was pretty cool. And when I <laughs> So when I saw the article about about Michael Keaton showing up, I was like, Ugh. I was like, this is just a, a an attempt to get people who would never have gone to see that movie 
Right. To go and see that movie. Right. Yeah. I would never have gone to see that. Yeah. I, I don't like Ezra Miller that much. But now, even if Michael Keaton's going to be in it for like two minutes, <laughs> I'm going to pay to go see it. Agreed. Very anxious to see him come back and do an older Bruce Wayne. All right. Um, anything? He was that uh, hmm? uh, Kent State doing a uh, convention speech. They had it on Facebook. Yeah, I saw that. You see that? Yeah. And Who he did ended, it? He ended by saying, remember, I'm Batman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on then? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, actually... While we're on the subject, of, oh my knee just cracked. I don't know if you heard that, but um, while we're, while we're on the subject of news items, That's called old age. Yeah, while we're on the subject of news items, there are two other quick little items that I just thought of a minute ago that I wanted to bring up, and that's a couple of release dates. Um, the first is uh, the Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, the sequel. Has yeah. has been pushed back all the way to October second now. Um, that makes sense. That needs it needs to be pushed back because yeah, there no is open. Yeah, and even even if there were, I don't know if I'd want to be going to a movie theater right now. Yeah, yeah. there's no way I would. No. I would just I would just rent it on TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other release that I'm I'm really excited about is. Uh, season two of the boys is coming out on September 4th. Um, and that's on, uh, Amazon prime. I think it was, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, have you, have you seen the first season? I have not. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Everyone, everyone tells me it's good. And I know when I do watch it, I'm going to love it. I just, I haven't gotten around. Yeah. It's, it is. It's definitely worth watching. It's, did you read the comic at all? No, yeah. I know oh. a lot of people that read it and said it's pretty good though. It is. Oh, well, it's Garth Ennis. So depending on your feelings about Garth Ennis, um, it's, it is, I will say it's, it's, it's definitely high level Garth Ennis stuff. So it's yeah, really good. I have, I have, I have my own thoughts about Gareth Ennis's work. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Most of it I like. Well, I'm not going to even say most of it I like. Some of it I like. So, but, yeah, yeah, some I like and good. some... Uh, but The Boys is really good. All right. Um, next up, I think we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but um, it had just come out, so now it, it's there's been a few more episodes, so I thought we could talk a little bit more about... Star Girl, the DC series. Love it. Not, Such not a good show. Not yeah. only am I loving it, but I was starting to get burnt out on the Arrowverse stuff a little. Um, not that it's bad, but it's kind of getting a little repetitive. No, they have a form- they, have a- they very much have a formula that they follow. Right. Yes. Exactly. Um, but the, the Star Girl, I'm finding it really refreshing. Yeah, it, it like really it steps out. It steps out of what they're doing in all the CW stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really good. I like the characters. I like the yep. setting. I love the I love the actors. Um, the girl who's playing Star Girl is awesome. I love yep. I love that they're rebuilding the Justice Society with uh with her and her high school compatriots. 
I just, it's just a really fun show, and I'm really, I really enjoy it. I really like, I really like how they're show, how they're portraying the villains. Yes, they're yes. not just one dimensional villains. Yes, right. And then, and then, um, my roommate loves the music. Like, mm. when, when the, like, there was that scene where Ice School was going down to, to, to the uh, Injustice Society headquarters, mm-hmm. and whatever music was playing in the background, he was like. I love this music. Yes. Yeah. I love the way they handled the villains. You're right. Um, even because I'm going to say it, uh, some of the injustice society villains are n- a little lame sometimes. <laughs> um, but they even made, mm-hmm. they even managed to make sports master. I yeah, won't say cool. But less stupid. Listen, Sportsmaster is awesome. Sportsmaster. You ever watch Young Justice? Ugh. Yeah, I've watched Young Justice. Sportsmaster. Listen, I, I would take the Sportsmaster role with a gambler any day. <laughs> yeah, agree. the gambler. That was another one I was going to mention. The gambler. Woo. Or, the, or the fiddler. The what? The fiddler. Is great. Oh, the fiddler. Yeah. The fiddler. Yeah, the fiddler is a weird one. Yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm naming call all these villains as they show listen, up. I'm like, that's the fiddler. That's this person. Everybody's like, you know all this stuff. I'm like, I know who most of these people are. But when <laughs> I showed the gambler, do. I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea who this dude is. I go, he's freaking Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I have no clue who this guy is. Yeah, is that is that because you? Know, I'm saying gambler, like, I'm like the, oh, okay. The fiddler bird comic version was lame. Well, how oh, could yeah, it, I mean, it's the Fiddler. How could it be anything but lame? Well, whereas, whereas they're able to put, make live action, you can actually see how her music can like hypnotize <laughs> and make people do stuff. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, again, Dario, you're watching Stargirl on the DC Universe app, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I get to see it the night before you do. Yeah. I am watching it on oh, the CW. Um, are you? What are you watching it on, Paul? CW. I also don't have commercial interruptions. Right. I don't even know what that what that feels like. Um, you know, it's like if, it, it feels like you're getting into the show, and then all of a sudden they go to a commercial, and you're like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would like to know, and you're the only one who could do this, Dario. But I would love to know. What the difference, if there actually is much of a difference between the CW and the DC universe. So you need to watch like both versions of one episode and let us know. Yeah, I can do that. I mean, it's not going to be painful at <laughs> all. I mean, as it is now, I'm watching it twice because the DC universe app has this, has this promotion going on right now. Where you just, you earn points just by either reading comics or watching shows on their, uh, on their app. Oh, really? And then you can just, you can use those points to re- to redeem them for th- things like I'm gonna. That, I'm, I almost have 800 points because you can only earn so much a day. It's not like you can abuse it, right? Um, but I'm almost at 800 points, and I'm gonna redeem that for a for a Harley a Harley Quinn pin set, which is pretty cool. It's got oh, really it's their enamel pins. Oh, cool! It's got Harley and Poison Ivy and Joker and um the story the story queen. I can't remember her name. She's the queen. Oh, the queen of fables. So well, the, if, you watch, if you watch the cartoon, she's amazing. So the pins are from the cartoon. Yeah, the, the characters oh. from the cartoon. Cool, cool. In that's in that that style. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, 
you can get like you can get limited edition posters, which are probably about the size of the stuff I showed you earlier. Mm. There's a pretty cool Doom Patrol poster that they have, but I want the pins. Mm. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah. you, I mean, you earn points just by using the app, so mm. not like it's a any skin off my teeth, you know? All right, that's really. a phrase. Yeah. All right. So if if any of the our listeners out there still have not watched Star Girl for whatever reason, um, check it out. It's it's actually worth watching. I will say. Yeah, the special effects are really good. I mean, yes. the show Stripesy, Stripesy yeah. is where I was like, this could be pretty lame. Yeah. Like, he is good. He's, and the, what's neat is on the DC app, they have some behind the scenes stuff. Oh, cool. And they did a behind the scenes where they did the fight with Stripesy and Icicle. Oh, and yeah. They showed how when I, when, when Stripesy launches his fist at him and he gets flying away, they mm-hmm. showed how they filmed that whole thing. That's kind of neat. Oh, wow. Cool. All right. So next, next up. Speaking of things worth watching, or maybe not, <laughs> um, I I found out recently that due to a deal with Comcast, and because I already pay for HBO on Comcast, I'm getting HBO Max for free, which is good because I don't I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> But you're cheap. We get it. You're cheap. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because if you know some people, there there's a lot of people nowadays who who are like, "Oh, I'm canceling my cable." I'm just you know, but it's because it's getting to the point now where there's so many different streaming apps that it's almost getting to the point where it's going to be as as expensive as having cable. Yeah, well, I had this whole discussion with my. I, with my group uh, a couple weeks ago, how much money you're spending for all these individual mm. services. Right. It's, yeah. But, um, like, what service do you think that you own right now that you like the most out of one of those services? Do you like HBO? Do you love Disney Plus? You know, well, I haven't actually, Plus. I haven't actually gotten the HBO Max yet. I'm still waiting for it to download on my, for them to update it on my cable. Should be any day now, so I haven't actually got to watch it. But I love Disney Plus. I really do. Um, I mean, I it's think, got. I think they're both really good. I I really like the HBO Max. Do you? I think it's really. Yeah. Well, I haven't checked yeah. it out yet, but when I get to, yeah, that's good. Good to hear. But the, I mean, the Disney Plus. The reason, I mean, the main reason I wanted it is because it's got Star Wars and Marvel. So what? It does. Yeah, I'm. I mean, you might not have heard, but yeah, it it's got a bunch. Um, but then there's all you know. There's, I mean, there's some Disney stuff I like, and it. But it also has like National Geographic, which is cool. There's some cool stuff on there, and so I really and Pixar is cool. So I do, I do love the Disney app, but I am looking forward to the HBO Max app. But it's like like the CBS all all access. I really want to see the Star Star Trek shows, but I don't want to yeah. pay just for that for another app. Yeah, well, you just need to do the, the month free and then binge as much as you can. I know. <laughs> the um, on on uh, the Disney Plus, we recently watched uh, watch Black Hole and we watched Tron. Oh yeah, I want to watch the Black Hole again. I love the Black I Hole. Seen it since I was a kid. I know, right? It's not easy to watch. <laughs> yeah, I know. The black holes. I like the the black holes. Awesome. I like the sequel, the brown hole. Um, 
<laughs> the sinkhole. The sinkhole. It must have been a private showing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a cool thing. Did you watch the um, prop culture on Disney Plus? Oh no, but I know about it. That was really good. I recommend that. That one's really cool. Um, but anyway, back to the original point. So because I'm, I'm getting. HBO Max for free, I could, if I want to, which I'm not sure if I want to yet, but I can watch uh, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. I was not even slightly excited about that when they announced it, but I will watch it. <sighs> yeah. You, you would think that he would have a cricket button. <laughs> and the only reason the only reason why I'm gonna watch it is because we have happen to have HBO and it'll be on it. Well that's so, the thing. Because I'm getting it for free. At some point in my life I'll probably hit play. Now I believe what they're doing is they're splitting it up into like a series of episodes instead of one full movie. That's awful. So th- that might make it a little easier to to no. watch. It, <laughs> it probably yeah. won't. But I, honestly, I can't through like weeks of this stuff. No. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I mean, watching the like the Witcher. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the I know they released a picture of Dark Side, which I didn't. I haven't looked at, but I mean, I That's can't. Right. Yeah, you don't sound that impressed. Well, it wasn't him. It was Wonder Woman looking at an image of him that was carved on uh, a wall years ago. Yeah. I just, I don't see how, I don't know. I just, uh, I just don't see, I just. You know what? It could be amazing. I mean, people say <laughs> that they've seen it. It could it's be. Like, it's amazing. But you know what? Here's the thing. No movies are being shot right now. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be some point coming up soon where all of a sudden everybody's gonna be like we have no new material, right? So we have to release stuff, mm-hmm. new material. If, I mean, if it's re-edited, it's technically new material. Yeah, technically. They yeah. shot all that stuff. They had it all. All they had to do was add some special effects. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I At mean, the very least, hmm. since they're airing it on HBO, since they're airing it on the HBO channel and not having to rely on a on on box office numbers. Mm. Uh, it's gonna make the money, right? Yeah, I'll have made money twice on this one movie. I'm just not excited about it, and there's no way I can be. <laughs> they would have to change the entire tone of the movie for me to be excited about it. Yeah, and that means by making a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Well, maybe in the future we'll have more thoughts on it when it actually come out comes out. But it still doesn't come out for a while, right? It comes out this year, near the end of this year. Yeah, so we still got a few months. All right. If it doesn't get pushed back. Yeah, no kidding. Um, All right, so I guess that's all we have for uh, little story tidbits. So let's move on to our final. See you guys. (laughs) Just kidding. Sorry. (laughs) Well, the frick! <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere. 
true believer because we are now going to move on to our final segment of the evening and that is going to be our segment that we like to call off the shelf off the shelf and that is where we take a look at an older storyline and we kind of give a little a little bit of a review on it um so we're going to just uh so what we decided to do this this time was the Korvax saga which takes place in Avengers um what issues I should have had this up <laughs> it's 160 something it's uh 168 stats at 168 it actually starts in Thor annual number six. Right. Uh, 167. Sorry. It starts with, right, the uh, uh, annual six of Thor. And then it picks up with uh, 167 of the Avengers. Mm hmm. And it runs through to. Give me a sec. I'm getting there. Hold on. That's what she said. You're trying to find the last issue number? 177. Yeah, 177. Okay, so... So, 10, 10 issues of Avengers. It's a lot. Can you guys hear that? My window's open. Can you hear all that? Nope. I hear okay. nothing. There's a whole bunch of commotion going on out there. Oh, really? Um. So, yeah. So, the, so the book is written by Jim Shooter, who, if you're a comic fan, you should be very familiar with Jim Shooter. And, um... Of drawn by a variety of artists. George Perez is pro prominent on a lot of it, mm -hmm. and David Wenzel does the last few issues, and he's an artist that we've had as a guest at our store a few times. Oh, really? Uh, he's more, yeah, he's probably more, most most popularly known as having done the the Hobbit adaptation for comics, which mm -hmm. is really really good. It's kind of what his bread and butter is now. I think he promotes that a lot. It didn't sound. It didn't sound. Lucima do a couple issues too. Um, yeah, I think he. I don't know if he inked them or he did the art on them, but he's. I think so. Yeah, done a few. Uh, he, I think he did the. Uh, I the think he might have inked. Um, um, hitting my mic. Yeah. So the issues with the collector Salbusema did the finishing art on it. So mm. he's part of he's part of the art. Right. Um, he, he did the layouts. And this the series came out in the seventies. 77 to 78, I believe. Yes. Um, and it reads like before, in the 70s. Of course. Just before... Uh, what? Hmm? Just before uh, George Perez went over to D.C. for the new Teen Titans. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's... Any of you, any of you read this before this? Nope. I had a, one or two issues only because it was George Perez. I mean, yeah. I didn't have the, I didn't have the Thor annual to kick it off. Because when I saw saw the Thor annual, I had, I was, I, I was never a great, I was never a Guardian of the Galaxy fan. Oh, yeah, I agree. I this this Guardian of the Galaxy is nothing like the movie. Guardians no, yeah, <laughs> really. Even even though they have Yondu, but he's totally different. Um, yeah, he's actually cool. Mm. Yeah, he's actually cool. Um, so this book 
uh, of course, being the Avengers, it's Marvel. And uh, so we're, we'll just kind of cover it really briefly. We won't get into two details. We'll just kind of talk about a few particular things that each of us have thoughts on as we go through the book. So, of course, this starts with um, Thor Annual Number 6. And I'm going to say right off the top, reading this again, I now remember why I used to hate Thor. Because <laughs> he says that thou induced and thou. And verily and all this other crap. Just, oh. It's very difficult to read. Yeah, I used to hate, oh, I used to hate reading Thor. I was never a Thor fan because of this. But, um, so basically, actually, I don't know, do you even think they really needed this issue in the collection? Since it's the first appearance of Korvac and connects the Guardians of the Galaxy to this, because the Guardians of the Galaxy in the Avengers story, is it? like, why are they even here? But in the Thor book... Yeah, I guess it's that. Is this the first appearance of Korvac? Um, Because Thor... They they mention him in, in being in something else. Korvac's uh, first appearance was in Giant Size Defenders number three, so it is not his first appearance. That's right, Defenders, yeah. So it doesn't even have that. Yeah, but I guess it does connect the Guardians to the story, so I guess that makes sense. But I just... Uh, I don't like reading the Thor. Old yeah, Thor. Yeah, it's difficult. Very simple summary of it we could talk about a little bit more detail if you want but a very simple summary is thor responds to a crime where the reactor is being held by terrorists he defeats the terrorists but the reactor gets pulled to the future and since he's right next to it he also gets pulled to the future and you find out it's being pulled to the future by korvac whose plan is to use it to power a machine that's going to drain the energy of the sun that that orbits earth destroying the sun and earth Mm -hmm. and using all that power to power his Brand new planet that he created, Wonderland. But sounds like a <laughs> like a casino. Welcome to Wonderland. And he, uh, when Thor shows up, he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean to summon you." So he just teleports out into space, and Thor freezes up. And uh, yeah, we find out later in the movie that his teleport, his ability of teleportation is like a really it's a very key ability because. Uh, I think both Starhawk and Thor like charge him a bunch of times, and he just keeps teleporting them back to the doorway. Like <laughs> yeah. they get to him, he's like, "Back to the door!" You're never gonna reach me. Back to the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Th- like three or four times they figure out that they need to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> the Thor issue, by the way, was actually written by Len Wein and drawn by Roger Stern. Correct. I really like Len Wein's writing, but this is this is very goofy. Yeah, normally I like Len Wein, but I just don't like old Thor. <laughs> also, Korvac in this book is uh, is very different than Korvac in the in the Avengers. We can get to that. Um, he's yeah. a half machine. He's got a, a fairly gaudy costume. So yeah, from the waist up, waist up a man, and from the waist down a, a floating box. And apparently. He teamed up with the Badoon because he didn't like Earth very much for much for whatever reason, and he helped well, him. I mean, you know, doing like take can't over. Blame him. But then they turned him into that, and he was like, "Oh, you guys suck." <laughs> 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 so, 
I don't like her, so I'm going to join you. Oh, well, we don't like you, so we're going to turn you into this. But <laughs> what were you saying, Paul? When did you? They cut you in half. Yeah, they're like, they're like you don't need your junk. Yeah, I know, right? Your computer. No, no, I'm so angry. You're always connected to your computer. You'll never stop working. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're attached to your computer by the junk. <laughs> So we get reintroduced to the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardian of the Galaxy is Vance Astro, <clears throat> who is a hundred-year-old, thousand-year-old human, thousand-year-old human who was in height, who was in suspended, suspended animation in space, kind of like Buck Rogers. And when he mm. woke up, he helped found the Guardians of the Galaxy, became a superhero. He's like Space Captain Yon- America. Yeah, Yondu. Yeah, a lot. Everybody in the in in, in this Guardians of the Galaxy is. The last surviving member of their planet, except for Vance Astro, because I think Earth is still around. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what planet, like where everyone's from. I don't remember where Yondu's from, but his all his people are very. It very doesn't matter. He happens to have the ability to. <laughs> 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 he has the ability to control his arrow, like he does in the movie with with sound. Mm. Uh, this girl Nikki, who's from uh, Mercury, and she yeah. maybe has firepower. She has fire hair. Yeah, <laughs> it is unclear. She- she looks like a female version of the heat miser. <laughs> <laughs> and this Charlie, Charlie, is it Charlie 27 or Charlie? It's Charlie 27. 27. Yeah. Charlie 27 is, uh, is from, uh, he's a Jovian, <laughs> which I think is from Jupiter. I think so. Yondu is from Alpha Centauri, by the way. Mm. Uh, Nikki is from Mercury. Myronix was made of crystal is from Pluto. And I have to say, um, even even though he's made out of crystal, he should still be wearing pants. <laughs> Cover that clothes. up, man. <laughs> I don't know what his powers are. He's just made of crystal. And there's a few times in the Avengers movie where he specifically is talking about how he's trying to make hot, trying to make hot cocoa. So I oh, think yeah. that's the only thing he does. <laughs> He's like, I gotta make cocoa. Relax, guys. <laughs> I can't fight yeah. right now. I have to make cocoa. I believe he's making cocoa for Nikki. Shahawk. Who, uh, you know, you would think might have some fire powers and could make her own cocoa, but apparently not. Right. Oh, yeah, and Paul, you're right. And Starhawk, who I don't know where he's from, but he is the he is the cosmic in-tuned person. He is the one who knows. So he's in tune <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about Starhawk. He's very, he's very, um, he's very snobby. Mm. What's interesting, and I didn't remember this, is that he's both a woman and a man at the same time. Yep. So I, thought, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But he knows stuff, unless people tell him not to remember, and then he just forgets. So. We Corvacted. What's that? Like Corvacted? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing turns out to be just a big. It's a, just a big fight. Like Thor and the Thor meets up with the Guardians of the Galaxy after he gets teleported into space. They're like, "Oh, you met you met Korvac. He's our enemy. Where is he at?" And then they went and they fought. It's very straightforward that issue. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then uh, and then Starhawk's like, "Oh, here's the button that sends back Thor." And he sends it back. Well, Thor's like in the middle of the conversation, and Starhawk's like, "See ya." <laughs> <laughs> Time for you to return once you came. So that was a, it. Was a pretty big. It's like an annual size story. It's pretty meaty, right? It's a lot. 
it's it's a lot of fighting it's a lot of like there's pages and pages of people just clobbering each other <clears throat> it's a lot of uh fighting and being teleported exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right but then after that we get, into, we get into the 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 event oh um before we do um i have to say for some reason i really liked the final panel of the thor book where he's he's just kind of staring off into space, and like I that? yeah, that's because it was the end of the issue. <laughs> no, but I mean, I like the way the panel looks. I would kind of, I would, it would be kind of cool, like if there weren't word balloons there. Yeah, it'd be kind of a nice little, there. nice little panel. All right, um, so yeah, we get to the Avengers, and I have to say also, I kind of like the covers on these Avengers books. Oh. Oh, I think the covers are really yeah. good. They may yeah. be the best part of the books. <laughs> Perez has always been known for his covers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we should talk about the Avengers team at this time. Because <sighs> the team changed a lot. Right. Yeah. It even changes during the course of this story. It does change yeah. during the course of the story. So at yeah. this time, in the Avengers... Uh, um. Iron Man's the chairman, mm-hmm. and nobody knows nobody knows that he's Tony Stark. Yeah, I always forget that they used to do that. Well, he didn't yeah. have a public identity for a long time. I think the movies right. where they made it public. Yeah. Uh, Captain America is a member of the yeah. team. Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. The Beast. Wonder Man. The Wonder Beast. Man. I love Avengers Beast. Me too. Isn't he great? Yeah. Yep. Wasp. This is actually Wasp. not... I, I think... Uh, I prefer the um, the energy Wonder Man. Do you? I do. Yeah, I like this guy personally. He's not bad. That's Although the, I don't remember why he's a coward. Like Wonder Man is, makes a whole lot of spends a whole lot of time mentally thinking he's a coward. Yeah, um, and I think it. I don't know when he resurrected, but I think I picked it up near the end of the story. I think he's afraid to die again, which is why he thinks he's yes, he's a coward by not fighting. Yeah. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did, yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like with, with with Derek. I liked them, like in the third series when they did the Avengers when George Perez and and Kurt Busiek mm. did it, oh, yeah. and he was he was like all, all purple energy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's the whole team, right? We're not missing anybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure. So in this first Four issue, vision. they're they're chilling out in their headquarters, um, and they get a they get a call from a from Shield saying a giant the giant space station showed up and needed to go up there and check it out because the thing's enormous. That and, whole bit was a little weird how they did that because they're like, oh, there's something behind the Shield station. Oh well, we can't tell what it is. So back the camera up a little bit. Oh, it's a giant space station. Well, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing a little, but yeah, so Nick Fury's freaking out. Nick Fury, Nick Fury's freaking out, and he's like, "Send the Avengers up right away!" And and they're like, "Well, we can't go up without Iron Man." And an Iron Man, as Tony Stark, is on the station, mm. so he's like, "You need." He's like, uh, uh, "Excuse me, Captain Fury, I need to go back home because I'm scared <laughs> to be up here." So the time it takes. To load civilians onto a onto a shuttle and fly them back to Earth, mm-hmm. and for him to get out, land, 
Get in this limousine. Go home. Put on the Iron Man gear. <laughs> fly, fly to New York and go, hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no wonder why everybody hated Iron Man. Everyone in the Avengers is pissed on him. They're like, where have you been pissed at him? They're like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> right. yeah. Especially Captain America. Oh, oh. man. Oh. Everyone. Everyone's yelling at everybody in this book. Mm, I know everybody's all angry at everybody. They're all emo. <laughs> it's, 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 it was. I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, I don't remember there being this much dissent on the team. I know, right? It's They're crazy. Fight each other, anyway. So they finally go into space, and it turns the whole issue turns out to be a misunderstanding because the people on the giant space station is the are the guardians of the galaxy who have come back in time to track <laughs> Korvac, who has returned back in time to change time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a time travel story. But in the meantime, the Avengers are, are fighting the Guardians, and then, and then Cap shows up. He's like, hey, I know them. And then Thor's like, I also know them. So this whole issue is just a fight. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I, like I mentioned before, I thought it was interesting, the, just the general discontent in the whole team. And there's also well, a, lot of, a lot of follow-up on what happened in the Thor annual. There's a lot of like, oh, by the way, right. if you didn't read that Thor annual, here's two pages telling you what happened in the Thor annual. Mm-hmm. What I didn't understand is why near the end of the issue, they cut back to they cut back to New York or whatever for a fashion show. I know, right? That, that's what that Corbett was doing. And then, yeah, and but of all the people, all the people and superheroes they have in New York, who's in the crowd? But Nighthawk. 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 <laughs> I hate Nighthawk. I think I've had this I'm conversation like, with you before. He's not a fan. I'm not you, a fan of Nighthawk. Are you kidding me? Of all the heroes, you pick him. I mean, well, he, he, yeah, but he was only in it for a couple foot, panels. So nothing. Well, you know, they're, they're, that's what they were trying to make him like Marvel's Batman for a while. So that's why yeah. they kept trying to over and over again. Tried and failed. The only thing, the only connection they had is because the Korvac was on Earth in his human form. Yeah, but why was Korvac at the fashion show? I don't understand it. He picked out a model to be, to be his mate. I know, right. but I why? Thought was there, I thought he was there specifically to find her, but we find out later he was is just there to randomly pick a girl. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, Nighthawk, there's one of the greatest villains of all time shows up who, um, yeah, I love this guy. I when I, going to use. when I talked to you at the store the other day, Dario, I hadn't started reading this yet. So I was like, you were like porcupine. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Oh, porcupine. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, bef- when, he, when he appeared on panel, I <laughs> sighed because I forgot he existed. Like, oh. Yeah, and then like <sighs> the wasp, the wasp in yellow jacket shows up out of nowhere. Mm. Well, yellow jacket—it's her fashion show. I mean, uh, wasp is her wasp. fashion, right? Yeah, right. But I mean, out of nowhere, yellow jacket shows up. She's got to be. She can't be alone for like. Like two minutes without leaving his sight. <laughs> oh, there's one more thing I wanted to say about the Nighthawk thing that you were, you had mentioned earlier that that it was Marvel's attempt at a at Batman. Um, when mm-hmm. when it, everybody knows that Marvel's attempt at a lame Batman is uh, Moon Knight, 
Uh, he's a better attempt at a, at a marble version too. <laughs> I cannot wait to go to your house. I cannot wait to go to your house. <laughs> I hope your life should life insurance is caught up. Uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna side with Newman from now on. <laughs> yeah, so that that issue I think it's I think it's funny because if you look at Porcupine, you're like, man, somebody spent a lot of money building that armor. I know, right? Right? Why is his what? skin green? But that's that's part of the armor. That's not his skin, that's part of his armor. But when you look at him, my first thought is not to call him Porcupine. Nope. It looks like a straw man. Yeah. It looks like a, a walking straw hut from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> you're not wrong uh, nope you are not wrong no. Ooh, it's bamboo boy I think I think the only key thing we need to touch on here is that as far as the Corvax saga goes Corvax there to meet his mate and then they just disappear like right. she's like oh you're right I love you I just met you right and then they just well, there's something like he looks into her eyes, or she looks into his eyes, and instantly knows that they're to be together, and all this, whatever. But that's how that issue ends. Yeah, I have to admit that the final panel in that issue was pretty cool because it shows it shows a close up of Jan. Yeah, yeah. They, well, telling Hawk, uh, Nighthawk to sit, sit on, on it. it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because a couple of times that they mentioned time travel in this, they mentioned that they're sending people back to 1977. Mm. I'm like, oh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yep. See, I would love to. I would love to get a, a print of that panel, just her saying, "Oh, sit on I'm it, saying, sit on it." <laughs> that would be awesome, just to <laughs> hang on the wall. <laughs> uh -huh. So next we move on to issue behind, one. We go to your, issue. You, hmm? you can put the you can put that print right behind your right behind your uh thing at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just point to it whenever okay. somebody says something. Avengers one sixty eight. Yeah, when, I think this is an important important book in this whole storyline. Do you? Well first yeah, of all this is like Another great cover. Second of all, it's this <laughs> looking at these killed me. 35 cents. Remember when comics were only 35 cents? Oh my god. You, you walk I remember when they were 50, 50 cents oh, is yeah. the cheapest I paid for a comic as a kid. Yeah. I know, right? I remember when um when they went up to a dollar thinking that was expensive. Huh? <laughs> anyway, the cheapest it was for me was 20. Mm. I remember my grandfather my, you know, my parents, my grandparents would buy me comics, and they were thirty-five cents. But when I started buying my own comics with my allowance, they were fifty. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fifty cents. Yeah. So, what were you saying about this being the most important issue? Well, it's it's one of the important issues. So it it, it starts out with the Avengers just yelling at each other again, mm -hmm. and and they go to their headquarters and they meet up with uh, Henry Gyrich. Which might be his first appearance here. I'm not entirely sure. Mm, might be. He's a, he's a very cool character because he works for the government, and since the Avengers had all this all this clearance and special special privileges, right? Uh, he, 
and immediately calls him out on the, he's like, dude, I walked right in here. Oh yeah, I can just grab all your crap. Your security's trash. I hate you, and we're gonna cut off that's thus proving that no matter who has to deal with guy rich he's always a jerk yeah because he was a jerk to the x-men for a long time mm-hmm. yep but this this begins uh the the them the, you know taking away their government privileges and all that stuff right which i didn't it, even realize they it, were it's that interesting because they keep bringing it up yeah i didn't realize they were they, that involved with the government back then yeah and he also didn't realize how incompetent they are because he points it out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we also see, this is the beginning of when we see just the the sheer amount of destruction that they cause on themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, when they show up, they're like, oh, they have an elevator. We can't, oh, yeah. we can't open up the elevator. And Thor's like, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> he, sh- he shreds the wall. <laughs> the elevator. <laughs> Elevator's open. Right. Verily. Repeated element. There's like there's like whole scenes in other books where you're just like, mm-hmm. oh my god. <laughs> um this this you're is the issue where there's a huge fight the between a huge fight between Captain America and Iron Man. Is it in this issue or a later issue? It's in this issue, yeah. You don't break it up there. What was that? So yeah, it's in this it's in this issue. Oh yeah. Where's that fight? Um in which I would like to point out that there is a moment where Captain America punches Iron Man and the sound effect is Kang. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Kang. <laughs> oh, this is also the time where nobody could call themselves by their names. Everybody was everybody was a nickname. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Shellhead. Calls Cap Black. Shellhead. Yeah. Goldilocks. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got nicknames, and they also touch on they also touch on the uh, the road trip that Hawkeye and Two Gun Kid went on. Two Gun Kid. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Hawkeye and Two Gun Two Gun Kid were best buds for a while. <laughs> they also mm-hmm. mentioned. They also mentioned Ultron a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that, this is leading up to a big Ultron thing, which is kind of cool. Mm. So for me, the important part of this book is uh, the Guardians are like, all right, so we, we're here because we're going to protect Vance Astro. Right. We're, we're 100% certain. They, they, they've met with the Avengers. They've had long meetings. We, the Guardians of the Galaxy expended all this energy to come back in time because they are without any doubt in their mind that Corvac came back to kill Vance Astro, and that is not his plan. <laughs> no, but they think that because Vance Astro is the founding member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So they go and they get an apartment near young Vance Astro's house, and they just watch him yep. and protect him yep. from random stuff. Mm-hmm. But while that's going on, Starhawk's like, you know what? I got to do more than this because I'm the one who knows. I'm really smart. <laughs> oh. He goes, I'm going to go find Corvac and do just end this right now. And he does. He goes right to Korvac's house. Korvac's like, come on in. He kind of tells him his plan. And then Korvac kills him. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, (laughs) I know. Uh, I'd like to point out, uh, Korvac is wearing some very short shorts. Yeah, Yeah, he is. He's wearing the shorts. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a Marvel comic if you didn't have three Three pages of Peter Parker. Yeah, know, right? uh, Peter yeah. Parker randomly shows up. 
Yep. Mary Jane's like, what's going on? Peter's like, I don't know, but I should take pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so what's funny is this fight hey, between make the rent. this fight between Korvac and and Starhawk is like causing the all kinds of weird things going on in the material plane and all these uh, you know so the astral plane the astral yeah, plane it's at, such, it's at such a high level that that everybody who who's got any kind of cosmic awareness senses it for a minute right yep Doctor strange yep so you get an appearance by strange an appearance by captain marvel um even even up to eternity himself but nobody does anything about it Silver well, Surfer. we find out later it's because Korvac's trying to hide his hide his presence from everybody, but you know he uses his power to fight fight uh, Starhawk, right? And he just he just, just doesn't fight him. He straight up turns him. He turns him into a pile of dust. But it's and that's kind of, that's why it was like holy crap. Yeah, but it's kind of like with all these people, you know, everybody. It's like um, it's like if you wake up in the middle of the night because you heard something, and then you're like. Eh, whatever. And you go back to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Strange is like, I feel something strange. Ah, it passed. Maybe it was just gas. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so after he kills Starhawk, he's like, you know what? I can't I can't leave him dead because everyone's going to miss him. So he brings him back to life. <laughs> and all he, does is, all he does is take away his ability. He just takes away his ability to even, to even register to him so he's like you 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 won't see me whenever anybody asks you about me you won't be able to find me which does make things interesting further along in the story exactly so the one who knows and they go to people go to him multiple times in the story and they're like what about Korvac and he's just like Korvac is their enemy I don't know where he is (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so to me that fight was the most important part of the storyline agreed yeah agreed it sh- it shows it shows the scope of Korvac's powers, what he can do. I mean, he's literally he's, he mentions it. He's got the power of a god, basically. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we don't know how he got it and all that stuff. Right. That was my biggest problem because the last time we saw him, he was attached to a to a you know a Commodore sixty four flying around. Right. That <laughs> was a god. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden, he's a god with with legs and everything. Right. But we go to issue one seventy. That's when we start getting. It. Into the uh, to the Ultron storyline, which I like because you know mm. everyone likes a good Ultron story. Right. There's actually um, I'm pretty sure there's there was an issue. This must be the issue right before this was 168. So I I read most of 169 and I realized it was just a filler issue. Oh really? Like son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, 169 has nothing to do with this main storyline. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was kind of feeling that during the whole thing when I was reading I'm like what does this have to do with Korvac yeah I was like oh look there's something else going on and then they, then we're just going to mention Korvac right yeah so 170 it, it it's uh, it's uh, the continuation of the origin of Jocasta their fight with Ultron and it's really cool because I don't like Jocasta but I like this issue it's kind of neat mm. it's also weird because Ultron spends the entire like in issue 171 and he spends the entire issue like calling Wasp his mother and Hank his dad, but he's 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 trying to, he's trying to turn to Jocasta into Wasp so he can marry her. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, there was a moment where I was like, "Ew, <laughs> that's a little." 
Yeah, and it's not like it's not like they mention it once. It's like they mention it over five pages. I'm yeah. like, you guys get into this, aren't you? You really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a little, yeah. but basically, um, yeah. The whole issue is, um, you know, Hank Pym wants to study Jocasta, so he has these two goofy guys bring her into the Avengers mansion. She escapes. Uh, some of the Avengers want to attack her. Others say, no, don't fight her. We have to follow her to see where Ultron is. And even that's funny because I decided to follow her and then just walking through New York and people are like, hey. I know. <laughs> just casually walking through New York, following a robot. They do a lot, they do a lot of goofy things. It, it, it's funny because they can't use any of their, their, their high-tech machinery because Guy Rich took it all away from them. Yeah, right, like, yeah. Oh, it's- <laughs> we don't have any Quinjet. How do we get there? They're like, let's call a cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the whole Jacosta Ultron thing is actually two issues, right? Because it goes into 171 yeah, as well. It focuses almost entirely on the Ultron storyline with only a little bit about Korvac. Right. And I think what we're finding out about Korvac in these two issues is that he doesn't want to fight anybody. He's just trying to subtly change reality. Yeah. Um, now, I have to say that issue number 171 here has mm-hmm. um, what I would consider now one of my all-time favorite panels. And it is in the beginning of the story when they're walking through New York and... Beast is uh, surrounded by all these women that are like, oh, you're so oh. sexy and all that. And first of all, I'm like, yeah, you know, put him, put him in the X-Men books and everybody hates him. Put him in Avengers and all of a sudden, you know, chicks dig Beast. Everyone loves him. <laughs> but I thought, I thought you were going to tell me that you like the panel where the lady who wins the department store comes out, looks at the Scarlet Witch and goes, you have a hot bot. No, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one too. But my favorite, my favorite panel of all, my new favorite panel of all time is when Thor picks Beast up from amidst the throng of women surrounding him. Yeah. And Thor then says to Beast, Thy wenching is ill timed, Hank McCoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that as a as a print and put it up on my wall. The beast's re- reply was, alas, a slice of fame and sex appeal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. um, on the splash page of 171 where they're cutting through the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Where Captain America says, pardon me, sir. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, pal. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that was, would you say that would be a tribute to George uh, Kirby? Jack Kirby? Yeah. I could see that. I don't know. I don't think it looks like him. Usually when they draw Kirby, they're pretty consistent with how they draw him. Because George always would put, like, real people in panels. Yeah. Here and there. Well, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of times where they show like civilians, and I'm wondering if they're like people that work for Marvel. Right. Right. I mean, literally any of these people could have worked for Marvel, but I don't think that's Jack Kirby. 
But that's, I think I that's funny that Marvel, Marvel did that a lot. They would just stick people in. Mm. Yeah. This yeah. is also the same issue where they bring Miss Marvel in. Right. In her panties. Yeah, in her old costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean literally in her panties. Oh, in the yeah, dressing room. <laughs> yeah, and the then lady in that ran out of the yeah. She was high, like, was barging in to Miss Marvel. And I don't know a ton about Miss Marvel. I know a few things. Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, Binary, whatever you want to call her. Um, mm. But I don't remember having... I didn't know she had that, what she called the seven sense, sense there, where she keeps having visions. Yeah, she's got, a, she's, got a, she's got a piece of the cosmic power. Cosmic power, too. So she's not as connected to the universe as Captain Marvel is, but she had some of that. Okay, all right. Yeah. I did not know that. The, co- the original Captain Marvel... Marvel, uh, well, the Captain Marvel has has cosmic awareness, so whenever mm. something happened, his face would turn into a star field. So she's got a little bit of that. She doesn't go that far, but she's just like, ooh, something big's happening. <laughs> Did you see after, you know, when she leaves and they're, they're invest- uh, the Avengers are investigating the crime scene, you know, whatever? Yeah. All of a sudden, Beast goes, oh, here comes trouble. And then, like, she lands. Oh, yeah. Saying, you know, we may have not had the best. We haven't had the the, the friendliest beatings. I don't think I'm trouble. <laughs> right, yeah. But I think it's Watch funny. But I thought it was funny about this issue is after they, they defeat Ultron, they're just like, ah, oh, let's, let's leave it with the nuns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Like, shouldn't we pick, shouldn't we take the carcass with us? And they're like, nah. <laughs> Now is Dead. this is this um He's made out of adamantium. Is this the Miss Marvel before Rogue steals her powers or Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because when Rogue steals her powers, she's nothing for a long time. Right. And then she becomes binary. Well she's just a human at that point. Mm-hmm. But like again, I think I think the only thing that that involving Korvac is that, that we learned in this issue is that um he likes his new girlfriend his mate yeah and he's trying to he's trying to hide from all the cosmic level awareness people and he's mm-hmm. just kind of changing reality a little at a time all right and then we go to issue 172 and i don't know if anything really big happens in this issue it's just more what do you mean up on Gyrich. nothing big happens hawkeye comes back <laughs> oh yeah nothing <laughs> big happens in this issue oh we should mention that over the course of like the, the, the Ultron storyline, Avengers just mysteriously disappear. Right. Which made me think it was Korvac, but it's not Korvac. It's another right, right. random story going <laughs> a, a little bit so of a I'm twist. Still, I'm still flipping through. What's I'm, that still fl- I'm still flipping through 171. No, oh, are you? And, and they have, they get into a fight, and it turns out to be like, you know, like the um, Wanda, Wanda's in like the room of mirrors right yeah right and and all of a sudden you know she she phases through something and she's like all cut up and stuff and then it says not far away it shows beast and wonder man fighting ultron so what happened was that ultra um ultron didn't want uh scout witch the scout witch in the fight because she has the best chance of defeating him so she put him he put her in this room that was just all illusions okay so she can't. She, the reason why she even stopped moving around is because she couldn't tell if the next step was going to be a hole or not, and so she was right. just falling and land. The whole thing was an illusion. Yeah. So, so uh, somebody gets her out of it, and then when she gets out, she literally is the one to feed Ultron. She's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm here." 
Bye. Uh, oh, is Miss Miss Marvel got her out of it? I think. Yeah. Yeah, because she don't... just punched. She just punched a nun, and her head popped off. The nuns are robots. Oh, you know like what? All nuns are. Um, there was one interesting part. First of all, um, I was gonna say I don't. I don't think Scarlet Witch gets enough credit for how truly powerful she can be. Um, well, yeah, because for a long time when nobody even knew how to write her, so they just kept making her more and more powerful. Right. Um, but she then is it, very strong. And that issue, there's a there's an, a part that I found interesting. When they enter the church, um, and basically Thor's like, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. That's super funny. He's like, I'm sure someone's going to come out and yell at me because this is a Catholic <laughs> place of worship, worship and I'm a, a Norse god. And the other one's like, whatever, Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares, though. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> all right. So Ultron is defeated, and we move on to 172, the return of Hawkeye, and who comes back in to Avengers Mansion. Uh, everybody's gone off to fight Ultron. So he walks in, leaves the door open. And uh leaves the door wide open. Yeah. So then Gyrich comes in and is like, All right, <laughs> you did it again. That's it, I've had enough. He's You're like, cut off. It. He's like, We're not paying to heat the whole outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, and then Hawkeye <laughs> Hawkeye ties up Gyrich because he doesn't know who he is. So <laughs> That's when when Gyrich Gyrich throws a fit and cuts him off of everything. Yeah, it cuts him off from everything. And then that very same issue, like Scarlet Witch is like, "Oh, I should use this radio to call for help," and and Cap's like, "No, no, no." Yeah. <laughs> Did you care? We can't use the radios. Can't do it. <laughs> but this whole issue is a fight with an Atlantean barbarian mm-hmm. named Tyrak. Right. And he's a badass, man. He he is he takes out the whole Avengers. He fights them all the way down to the last guy. Well, he's an Atlantean. I mean, you know. It turns out to be turns out to be Miss Marvel and Wonder Man are the only two that can really stand up to him. Mm-hmm. And when they finally defeat him, which is funny, they're like trying to figure out like, well, he's dehydrated. Oh yeah. He's gonna die. He's like, he's gonna die unless we do something. And like, well we can't do anything with him because we don't have any transportation. We don't know Oh, where we're gonna put him? Right. So I don't know what we're gonna do. And then, and somebody's like, "He's gonna die any minute." And Hawk, Wonder Man's like, "Whatever, throw him back in the <laughs> <laughs> back in the drink." Yeah, and they all just wait. They're like, "We're gonna see if he comes out to fight us again." Yeah. They wait. <laughs> like they give it like they give it like fifteen seconds. One, one two, three. Yeah, he's not coming back. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, everybody, go home. It's Miller time. Two minutes. Two minutes. He hasn't come up yet. He's not gonna come back. <laughs> <laughs> he learned his lesson but more people more people disappear in this issue and in the final panel we, we find out that they're disappearing because the collector is collecting them well we don't actually find out it's a collector yet yeah we kind of know well sure <laughs> but it doesn't actually say it it's just somebody mysterious is capturing them and putting them in tubes it's this next issue that I think is hysterical. <laughs> issue one seventy, issue one seventy three. So, in issue one seventy two, uh, they make a point of saying that they need backup because people are disappearing. So right. they call in everybody that's not Avenger. So they call in Black Panther. They call in Hercules. They call in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a few other ones. The Wizard. So at the 
even Yellow Jacket. Yeah, the wizard. So at the beginning of issue 173, uh, Hercules and Black Widow are flying in coach. Uh, they land at the airport. <laughs> coach. They're, Black Widow's Black Widow's like at the door waiting to get off the plane. She's like, come on, Herc. Herc's on the plane telling stories to all the women who are like swooning over him. Oh, yeah. Black Widow like hits him with a stinger. <laughs> and she's like, come on, we need to get out of here. We're going to miss that. We're going to miss that connecting flight. And Hercules is like, whatever. And he just rips a <laughs> hole in the side of the plane <laughs> and jumps out. <laughs> and then when he gets to when he gets to his connecting his connecting helicopter, they're like, oh yeah, no, we don't we don't work with the Avengers anymore. All oh your, yeah, all your special plans are taken away. And right. Hercules is like, what? And then he destroys the helicopter. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, we can't use it. Nobody's gonna use it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like. Yeah, this they just no care. These people just yeah. Destroy yep. But let's see what goes on in this issue. This issue we see more Korvac mm. in his plans, mm. and this is this is there's some good dialogue in this book. This is he, he he's sitting in his room and he's watching through a mystical portal what the Avengers is doing. Oh yeah. His, his wife comes by and says, "Should I should I make you some cocoa?" Because everyone's drinking in this book. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll conjure it up myself. And he conjures I, up his own cocoa. I think I think they even mentioned at some point that this book takes place in the summertime. So it's like, who, oh, who's drinking all this cocoa in the summertime? <laughs> so his girlfriend comes out and she like lounges across his legs. It, it, but then <laughs> I don't know if she can be seeing, but they're watching. They're watching Vance Astro and they're watching the Guardians of the Galaxy. But protect him mm-hmm. and then he's kind of just you know out loud t- telling about his plans about how he's just gonna make mankind great he's gonna arrange it so all the epic cosmic entities can no longer manipulate people and 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 he he's, he's trying to make it so entity can't see anybody he's like even now odin doesn't see me and then this is the part that i like the most it says a moment passes that same moment, as within the study, the enemy draws upon power that only he may comprehend. <laughs> Casting an image upon the wall, that of the watcher, watching. Oh, yeah. Unaware that turn, he is being watched. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's poetry, man. I know, right? <laughs> Although I don't like this. I don't like this version of the watcher. He's just chilling out. You don't like the fact that he's just leaning back like this? No, no, post? I don't like the the shape of him. Oh, you don't? Right. Yeah. yeah. I like it's more like an oval than... Yeah. I like my watchers what about that, what about with that the that picture big... of Mephisto where he's like having Thanksgiving? I know, right? Right. right. <laughs> After checking in with Zeus. What's it say there? Uh, to Mephisto, dining in hellish splendor. Enjoying the entertainment of the evening's floggings. <laughs> even Bring me a <laughs> In case you were wondering if uh, demons had to eat. Yeah, and they use silverware. They use plates. Yeah, yeah you know. Don't want to be un- uncivilized. Apparently, they eat grapes. <laughs> but they insist on sitting in a, in a, in a roughly hewn stone chair. <laughs> I know, right? Well, no wonder why he's always angry. Come on. Buy some new furniture. It's and then his girlfriend goes yeah. off into another room, and she starts to she starts to play with this cosmic power. And he's like, "Oh, oh someone's using power!" And he runs over and like <laughs> stares at her until she stops. <laughs> he was, "What are you doing?" 
That's a that's a snazzy jumpsuit jumpsuit she's wearing, by the way. Is that the one that she stole from Janet? No, it's just a different one. Yeah. And so the remainder of this the remainder of this issue is the Avengers dealing with the people that disappeared and finding out officially that the collector is the people that have been taking them. And there's also a a little bit with Thor where he keeps popping up and not remembering things, including a part where he doesn't oh, even yeah. remember Wonder Man at all. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a couple of scenes where they're like, dude, you act like you haven't been here in months. But they explain in the next issue that's because he's he's jumping around time. Mm-hmm. Which is, even then, I don't really follow it. I'm like, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, there's an awful lot of editorial notes where they're like, oh, this guy's off in Marvel Team Up number 70, and this guy's off yeah. on Marvel Tool. I noticed that. <laughs> it's like in the middle of the story, like what happened to what happened to Beast? <laughs> oh, he's helping Spider Man down the street. <laughs> you can read that all about that in Spider Man number. <laughs> <clears throat> so then we move on to issue one seventy four, captured by the collector. Collector. Is this when David Wenzel starts drawing it again? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, this is when David yeah. Wenzel starts to draw. He draws a lot. He draws the last few issues in this. Yeah, it was very interesting when he was visiting our store. I took him out to dinner, and he told me a lot of stories about working at Marvel at the time and like what it was like working with Jim Shooter and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I could remember. It was it was so many years ago, but I, I just you know I bought him a I, I bought him a steak and just said talk. <laughs> I just want to hear about your time at Marvel, and he just told me all <laughs> all stories. <laughs> Now, when we got to this part of the story, I was like, wait a minute, the collector? Am I still reading the right story? <laughs> I think this is an early appearance of his, too. I think so, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, him, like, telling people who he is. Mm-hmm. I like it when he's fighting the Avengers and he's grabbing stuff off of the shelves in the background. <laughs> like, he's a, like, he's a, like, he's a, like a toy collector. Yeah. And I just so happen to have the one back here and. I have, I have the Ark of the Covenant over there. Is <laughs> my one-of-a-kind laser pistol. Pew, pew! <laughs> I have Luke Skywalker's laser sword. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I don't think a whole lot goes on in this issue to, 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 to no. move Korvac's story. It's just a big fight with him and the Collector. With them yeah, collector. basically. Let's see. Oh, I think near the end we find out that... Yeah, we find out that the woman that he chose as his mate was the collector's daughter. Right. Oh, we get a we get a one panel mention of Thanos. Yeah. So she was sent there specifically to spy on Korvac and, and turn on him. But since she over the course of like the, the few appearances that she had, she fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't betray him. Right. And then Korvac's like, Yeah, I'm gonna kill your dad now and he just kills his dad. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> Okay, whatever, you know. That's fine. Go ahead. You know, he probably wouldn't approve of us anyway. He's like, you're cool. I'm still going to keep you as a mate, but you got to do that. <laughs> and as the Avengers, the Avengers see this. I mean, they're in the middle of fighting him, and, and some mysterious force just reduces this elder of the universe to ash. And they just, they, just, they spend the rest of the issue going, oh my God. What the hell just happened? What the hell just happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, who, who did the, what? Wait, huh? Who? <laughs> And then the, the the biggest question is, you know, if we had if we still had government funding, we would have been able to stop this. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if I would have known about that, if we had that government, those government computers. <laughs> so, 
Well, the Avengers, at the beginning of the next issue, the Avengers are still running around in the Collector's uh, spaceship, and they're trying to find as much evidence as they can about what possibly is going on. Right. Um, Although Korvac was smart enough to destroy all that evidence the same time he killed he killed the collector um so before you continue on i just want to say um here here is my impression of the avengers after the collector was destroyed (laughs) what was that do that one more time i didn't get all of it Is that the dumb bird from the Legion's cartoon? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Anyway, next issue. Continue. So, let's see. They send back Tukun Gid because they're like, hey, we found this this time machine that could send people back to 1978. Oh, yeah. Tukun's kid's like, can I go? Go back home, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll send you home." Yeah, sure. So they, send, they send Thor back to his own time. They send Tukun get back to his own time. Vision's like phasing through the whole ship, and then and the Beast is like, "Dude, you're cheating." <laughs> this, this, there seems to be a lot uh, that happened a few times where where Vision would be phasing through walls, and the Beast would be like, "Hey, no fair." <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and then uh, and then there's a there's a three page sex scene with Corvette. Oh yeah, back in his in his in his new wife. Racy. <laughs> and then and then and then there's two pages of of, of explaining why Corvac doesn't look like a machine man anymore. Right, which I still don't quite get. <laughs> so at the end of Thor, the Thor annual, he takes off into space, mm-hmm. and he happens to find the abandoned headquarters of Galactus. And when he's in the in, right. in the headquarters, he takes he takes his his uh, he takes his tri pronged electronic probe. <laughs> he, he puts it into the station's computer console, which is as dirty as you think it is. <laughs> it is turned and turned on his absorption <laughs> relays to <are> full. <laughs> Reading this word for word. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. That's good stuff. And he becomes a god. That's all it takes. He becomes a god. And the first thing he does is reform himself, so he doesn't look like that robot guy anymore. So all you gotta do to become a god is stick your three-prong thing in the hole and, uh, you know. (laughs) Yep. Yep, yeah. it's all it takes. Yep. It's a pretty racy panel. It's a pretty racy <laughs> issue. <laughs> so anyway, he changes back, he changes to a human form, he talks about how he, he play you know, he went back in time to save humankind mm. and didn't want any, didn't want any gods interfering with people anymore. And he went for but he wanted to take a wife first, and that's when he met his wife. Or met the girl that he randomly picked out of a out of a fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> Then we go back to Avengers headquarters and everyone's trying to figure out what the hell just happened because they're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> we don't know what happened. <laughs> so they call upon everybody that has cosmic awareness <laughs> to try and help. Yes. So they call on Miss Marvel. They call on Jocasta, who apparently has some kind of cosmic awareness. Uh, sure. <laughs> Moon Dragon. Who yes. Moon Dragon. 
And apparently nobody in the, nobody in the Avengers likes her either because they're always like, chillax, lady. <laughs> Who's the bald chick? <laughs> well, when the man when the man starts hitting on Miss Marvel, yeah, that was kind of pathetic. <laughs> Jeeves, Jeeves, Jeeves is freaking you know because he has to dust everything that was behind all the computers that were taken away. Who? <laughs> Jeeves. Who? Jarvis. 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 <laughs> Not Jeeves. <laughs> wow. And then uh and then Korvac is busy drinking more cocoa with his girlfriend after after yeah, really. their sex. And that's how that that ends. Calling Jarvis Jeeves is like calling Alfred Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You're my brother, Alfredo. You're my brother. <laughs> <laughs> so more cocoa, end of issue. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's not wearing a shirt. He's just like with a towel, towel wrapped on his waist, and he's just drinking cocoa. <laughs> oh, and he's like, he's like, oh, I know the Avengers are looking for me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. To be fair, though, that is my favorite way to drink cocoa. Just in a towel. <laughs> so if you're at a restaurant and they're like, "Would you like some cocoa?" He's like, "I don't, I don't have my towel with me." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not the right time for cocoa. I would, but I completely <laughs> forgot my towel. Sorry. <laughs> So issue 176 continues 176. with all the Avengers rushing. What's that? I just said 176. Continues with all the Avengers like scouring the planet trying to find out trying to find out where this guy is. And this is where the Starhawk memory lapse thing really comes into play. Right. So Moondragon like gets up and she goes over to Iron Man and she's like, "All right, this is what we're going to do." And she lays out this whole plan. And I mean, it's like, hey, 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 <laughs> I'm in charge. <laughs> it's like, oh, great. But then he's like, you know what? I like your plan. I don't like how you come, how you tell me how to do it, but I like your plan. So we're going to do it. So, so this is, this out. is my plan, which is very similar to Moondragon's plan. But actually, this is my <laughs> plan. <laughs> so they get Hank Pym. They get, they get Captain Marvel. They get Marvel, they get everybody that has been doing this investigation, they bring it back to Avengers headquarters, they plug it all into a computer and they match it up against all the cosmic all the cosmic knowledge that people have gathered, and they figure out that this guy is in Fall River, is that where it is? What's the name of this place? It's a suburban Fall area. River? Forest Hills. Fall River's Forest in, Hills. here in Massachusetts, man. <laughs> Forest Hills, New York. So they're all like, all right, everybody to the Quinjet. Oh, we don't have Quinjet. Yeah. <laughs> taxi? I love this, no, though. No, taxi. They rush out They rush out to the front of the building. Oh, yeah. Bus that's coming by. And Cap goes, we're commandeering this bus. Everybody get off. We're going to have we're gonna have Jarvis call taxis for all you guys. And we're just taking this bus. Yeah. And all the Avengers pile onto the bus and they drive off. Wait a minute. Who's, who's, who's going to call cabs for everybody? Jeeves? Yes. <laughs> and personally, I'm like, why didn't they just call Caps themselves instead of stealing this bus? But I know, right? Probably because they didn't want to. They didn't want to. They didn't want to have uh, Black Widow and Hercules go off on their own because apparently they're like the Abbott and Costello of this this whole thing. <laughs> I know, right? Oh man. So they they pull up they pull up to they pull up to uh, Forest Hills and they've all pile out of the bus 
bus and every, all everybody's like watering the lawns and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> hey, guys, I gotta step away for a minute. I'll be right back. All right. So they walk up, they walk up to the building, they walk up to this house and like every, all the neighbors are like, uh, um, are, are, is there going to be explosions? I, I I just paid off my mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> why are there superheroes here? Um, you superhero people tend to make a lot of damage, which they're not wrong. That, that, that was really funny. <laughs> no, not at all. I've already mentioned the random damage that they do. They've done this issue. The elevator door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is this is uh, the best part is that you mentioned they get to the they get to the house and Corvac answers and they're all like hey we're gonna come and look around and he's like all right come on in so, hey you look like a nice so man we're <laughs> and it's like it's like a page and a half and then finally Starhawk jumps up and he's like who the hell are you people talking <laughs> <to>? <laughs> you are all making a fool of me <laughs> I thought that was the funniest scene he's like he's like you are. <laughs> all talking to nobody there's nobody there <laughs> uh, i know he's like practically pointing at him avengers, too that's what the avengers go oh we could beat the shit out of this guy now because <laughs> apparently this is him <laughs> but i like that after that scene where he's like you're talking to nobody then they're like nobody but how how could starhawk not see unless somebody didn't want him to see <laughs> <laughs> this immediately put it together <laughs> yeah and that's when they figure out uh the the only being powerful enough is Korvac and then the next issue is just a huge fight and Korvac literally kills everybody again yeah and then Iron Man's like oh everybody's dying under my control under my leadership that's not good I need I mean, to drink it's, it's not a fast fight it's a long drawn out fight but Corvac oh, yeah. kills someone moves on kills somebody right. moves on kills someone moves on and what it comes down to is he eventually fights cap and cap's the only one who can stand up to him because Corvac decides to not be an energy being anymore and he just becomes a human for some reason right well oh, i know what happened it's because his girlfriend his girlfriend's heart got broken right right well then they, they're all like wait a minute uh, he's focusing, he keeps focusing on his girlfriend, and when he does that, his power slips a little. So then they're like, go get his girlfriend! And then and then it kills me, because they're like, they're all hiding behind a couch, and they're like, Black Panther, go get his girlfriend! And Black Panther's <laughs> like, I don't want to, it, that's not the honorable thing to do. <laughs> and, and then they're all like, dude, you're right there, just grab her! <laughs> <laughs> Pin's <laughs> like whatever. I'm gonna take care of this. He's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so when they're beating up on her, that's when that's when uh, yeah. For some reason, her her heart breaks. Like she stops loving him for a minute. I think because she starts to realize that he's he's just killing people and something like that. Yeah, that's all. That's the only part I didn't really quite get. I don't know if it was because yeah, she was sad that he killed her dad. Yeah, it's kind of I know, right? Or whatever. But she because she like yeah because her heart breaks, he loses his power for a minute, and Cap beats the crap out of him. Right. Oh, Cap doesn't just beat doesn't beat the crap out of him. It's when his girlfriend's heart breaks that he just decides he doesn't want to live anymore. Yes, and he kills himself. And before he kills himself, he. he he, everybody he killed, he brought him back to life. Mm-hmm. 
or close enough to life like right. if they were just on the verge of death yeah a lot of them yes um there's a nice panel here with uh hawkeye and yondu both using their bow and arrow yep and i totally didn't realize i don't know why i didn't realize it but in the guardians of the galaxy when yondu has that little arrow thing that he whistles at yeah yeah that's actually from the comics that's one of his arrows oh yeah i know i knew that i totally that totally just slipped my mind it's the only part of yondu that is consistent with the comic everything else is oh, like i'm just a hillbilly he's got blue skin <laughs> that's true he's got blue skin but he doesn't have the giant fin the giant fin's cool he looks he looks cooler in the comic yeah Although I don't know how useful that giant fin would be, but it seems yeah. like it might get in the way. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that was interesting in the fight is the entire time that Korvac was fighting the Avengers, Korvac's like, "I didn't go after you guys. I didn't mm. want to kill you guys. Mm-hmm. The one time I had, I, I actually, you know, I fought, I fought Starhawk because he showed up at my doorstep and made me fight him. Right. I killed him and brought him back to life." He's like, and I'm not trying to, like, dominate the universe. All right. I'm trying to do is just hide you dudes from cosmic-level beings, and now because you made me use my, my power, they all know I'm here. He's like, so now that plan's shot to hell. He's like, I was doing nothing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> if you really think about it. Huh. I just, you know, I you found... Know, that way to tell them. He's like, I was never going to kill you guys. You guys I, just showed up. <laughs> I found a woman I was going to settle down with, and... And then, and then when it's all said and done, and and uh, Moon Dragon's there, she's like, "Yeah, she's like, we fucked this up. Yeah, we, this is our fault." She was like, "I was reading like, his mind the whole time, and uh, you guys are a bunch of jerks." <laughs> and she's like, "You know what? Uh, um, I'm gonna fix it so none of you guys remember it this way. You guys all think you did the right thing, and I'm gonna be the only one who bears this burden." And she walks off. Right. Um. So after. Whereas after they defeat Korvac, his girlfriend is all upset and she doesn't want to live anymore. So she starts fighting the group and they're all like, oh, she oh, has that fight. Yeah. yeah. She, they're like, she has some of the cosmic power and she she's all refreshed because she hasn't fought and we're all tired and battered. So we're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, definitely could have been the case, except all she wanted was to die to be with her Korvac baby. Right. So she goes She goes and gets them to all fire at right. her, and she just takes it and dies. And then, but then the final blow is, um, she wants, she tells Thor to hit her with his, with his hammer, and he's like, he's like, I'm not, you're a woman, I'm not gonna, you know... So she, using her cosmic power, controls his hammer to blast her and kill her. Yeah, yep. Which is kind of that. That kind of that would be kind of messed up if you're Thor, huh? You're like, I didn't do it. I did. That wasn't me. I did not do that. That was not me. So it didn't end at all the way I was expecting it to end. No. Oh, and then after that, Moondragon convinces Thor to turn back into Donald Blake so that he can be a you know the doctor to heal everybody. Yeah, that's cool because I mean she's 
literally the only one conscious besides him. Mm. And she's like, I know who you are, dude. So don't. There's no reason to hide from me. Just turn into Donald Blake and save these people. And he's like, you're right. I'll do it. Mm. So she knows more than I than I ever thought she did. I didn't realize that she that she knew all that stuff. Yeah. She, yeah. Is Paul back yet? Are you back, Paul? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. You're just in time for the end. <laughs> but it's cool since you didn't read it. We didn't spoil anything for you. So that's good. So there you have it. That is the Corvax saga. So we'll give our final verdict on the Corvax saga. And since it's an off the shelf book, we're not going to do our infinity gauntlet rating system. We're just basically going to say whether or not we think it deserves its place in, um, you know, it deserves its place. And because everybody knows a lot of people, most people know of the Corvax saga. I don't know how many people have actually read it. So we'll decide whether we think it deserves to be so well known and whether or not we would recommend people, whether or not we think people should read it. So, uh, Dario, why don't you go first? I think I'd recommend it because even though it was, it's, it's kind of steeped in the writing style of the time mm. and there's a lot of, of side story going on that I think that it's interesting that the heroes kind of dug their own hole in this one. There's a lot of there's a lot of like flaws in them as far as I mentioned the infighting before. I mean mm-hmm. there was a lot of a lot of them just arguing with themselves and you know they screw up their government contract and they're so determined to save the world from this guy that they're just like now granted I that I know they did a what if story, and it's never good when they do a what if story, like about <laughs> about people, like what if Corvac had won. Right. That ultimately his goals were not good. I don't think. Ah. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, that choice had to be made. I, we don't really know what this guy was going to do. Right. But he was too strong, so you can't let. It's just it's just like all the other stories where you know someone has the powers of God and they eventually abuse it. So it's just interesting. It's it's a different style. Of storytelling, I think. Mm. So, would I recommend it? Yeah. And I'm, am I glad I read it? I am glad that I read it. Mm. It had a lot of funny parts to it. Like, even if it was, wasn't intended to be funny, I, I enjoyed it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? What do you think? I know you didn't finish it, but. The only thing that really kept me from reading, reading this and probably going to finish reading it is probably the George Perez artwork. Hmm. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Is that yeah. great? Yeah, yeah. Like Gabriel said, it just skipped all over the place, and it's like, okay, whatever. Right. It really wasn't. It really wasn't needy. Mm-hmm. As you guys say, it was just a lot, lot of side stories thrown together. Right. You right. know, part of it is it, it kind of goes back to my review with uh, Shazam because you know I was saying back in the old days everything was one and done stories. Right. It, yeah. This, these are these are a lot of like one and done stories that just happen to have a connecting thread going in the background. Right. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, Corvax here. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's fight Ultron. Oh. Yeah. And the Corvax collector here. But hey, here's the here comes the collector. Although the collector's kind of related because he was collecting them because he didn't want Corvax to get them. That's collector logic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so ultimately, Paul, would you recommend it or? Do you think it's something people should read or not? No. All right. Cool. I would pass. Cool. Um, 
now me, I've had some, I kind of have some mixed feelings about the whole thing. First of all, I don't know if calling it a saga is exactly correct. Um, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I, I expected something different from the Corvax saga. Um, that being said, I kind of liked the idea of the, you know, throwing in the Ultron part and the collector part and everything. It was kind of interesting, but I wish they had done a little more with Corvac. Um, but ultimately, you know, again, some great George Perez artwork. Um, some of the dialogue's a little iffy. It's of the time, definitely. But I would say, I would say I would recommend it to people who are big Marvel fans or big Avengers fans. But for me, I wouldn't put it up there with some of the better stories or some of the bigger stories. So, like if you were to compare it with an action, an action epic like Blackest Night, which was nonstop action and really, really good, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, and that was one coherent storyline as opposed to right, you know, right. The, background in between other stories right so you know if so if you're not if you're not a big marvel fan or a big avengers fan i would say skip it but if you are then it i think it it definitely deserves to be read i just it wasn't quite what i was expecting it to be so there you go i hope that made sense (laughs) yeah it made sense i think if you're you're probably interested in the history of 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 older marvel Marvel stories. Right. Yeah. All right. Great. It was bad. Cool. So, th- and I definitely would not have read the Thor annual in it. But that's, uh, <laughs> it reminded me of why I used to hate Thor so much. <laughs> um, Don't worry. I felt the same way when I was reading it. <laughs> All right. So, I guess that's going to do it for us uh, this evening. This month, um, before we go, we just wanted to uh, add one final note, and uh, that is that um, we recently lost another comic book legend, um, and that is uh, Joe Sinnott, and uh, he recently passed away, and uh, you know he will be missed, and we want to send out condolences to his family. Um, we're very sorry for your loss. Mm-hmm. And on that note, uh, thank you to the Cosmic Comic Guru, Dario, for joining us. Thank you to the world's greatest sidekick, Paul, for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys again next month. And um, I can't wait to see what we choose to read next month. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> but uh, for now, that will do it for us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Good night, everybody. And until Nightwing's chest hair grows back, that'll be all from the monthly comics cast. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for your cooperation. If you would like to contact the New England Society of Geeks podcast, you can do so by emailing us at N-E-S-O-G-Pod at gmail.com You can also find us on Twitter at N-E-S-O-G Podcast and you can find us on Instagram at 
R-N-E-S-O-G pod. In addition, you can find us on Facebook at our New England Society of Geeks page. And while you're at it, we would really appreciate it if you could give us some ratings or reviews on wherever you listen to us. It would help other people find us and enjoy us as much as you hopefully do. We thank you all for listening. 